Okay, 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 guys. Here's where we're going. I'm not even going to try to prepare you for what your ears are about to receive from this conversation. Like, this conversation went up around the corner, down, stuff happened. Super, super entertaining. Uh, Stick with it. You'll see we uh, transition uh, we get into a lot of different stuff. Um, if you do follow me on Instagram, you can see a lot of the back, uh, the background stuff we were doing, the behind the scenes stuff on Snapchat and Instagram. So you go to my page, Jay Danzi, or the IGR podcast page. It should be up on that official page soon, but it's definitely up on my page as well as Taylor's page. Um, uh, I don't know if I said it before, but we are uh, officially sponsored by Vision Apparel, um, and we love that collab with them. Uh, we're going to be doing some merch down the road, um, some cross-promotion stuff, so please also uh, go and contact, look up Vision Apparel. Uh, that's what Dante Amaral, uh, Guhan, um, cannot remember his last name, uh, love Guhan, just forgot his last name right now while I'm doing this, uh, and Taylor. So, Welcome. Thank you for having me, dude. You're welcome. You look like someone has a gun in your head. No, I'm just really high. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, so audience, uh, we are back. Um, this is part two, episode two. We have Dante Amaral with us again. Taylor walked in and he joined us. Um, Taylor Williams, we alluded to him quite a few times during our interview. Um, Bow! Yeah. So yeah. let's get to know Taylor a little bit. What's up? Yeah, what's up, guys? I'm just happy to be here right now. So, where are you from? What do you do? Like, so who are you? Me as a person, as an organism. I guess I grew up in New York, you know, Manhattan, and bougie. Then, yeah, I was, I, was, I was living that life, you know, I was living. <laughs> and then my dad didn't graduate college, okay. got drafted, went to the NFL. My mom followed him. They went to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and your dad is? Let's, you could, My dad's name is Michael Williams. You can, you can name drop on this. I'll name drop. Michael Williams. Uh, nice guy. Uh, good genetics. Big big genetics, you know what I'm saying? But um, Long. me, you know, I go back. I go all the way to Danbury type shit. Uh, I don't know if you can curse on here, but that's what I Dude, do. Dude, you can curse. I'm just going to title it explicit so Mayor Mark won't oh. listen to it. Oh, okay. Word, word, word. So I have to get him word. on next. Yo, Ooh, yo, oh. get, get me on here with Mayor Mark, bro. Dude, Let me I want to the switch. Yo, tell him <laughs> right now who else better to build Danbury than the youth? Like we've no, seen really, it from all sides. Do you know what my issue is with Mark? It's his marketing. Wait, why is it so poor? This is what the dude it, ran for governor like three times. I didn't even know. Wait, are you serious? Can, you, can I tell I you? I was wor- I worked his campaign. I worked in his office. How come you worked time. his campaign? I didn't even know. He was I didn't for even. Governor. That's the problem. <laughs> <Bro, he was laughs> well, no, the thing was he was running as a Republican candidate, so like people really liked him. That's, yeah. But he just didn't have the funding, and all these other people were so good at marketing. They had wow. substantially more money, and they had. But the thing was, they had amazing marketing. But Obama changed it was all the over game. the place. What social well, media? Well, he well he used Facebook, and that okay, was insane. Clipped from the beginning. What do you mean? Oh, I thought you meant Mark did now. No, so, no. You said Obama did back then. No, no, yeah, Obama. Oh, did. Yeah, he, yeah, Like, but when Facebook was like really getting big and people were starting to use it, that's where he was marketing. So he was able to grab a large demographic, mm-hmm. which is now what we see like Trump doing and people like Ted Cruz that also got elected. And but it, that's and it Cambridge Analytical stuff. But yeah, it does it work. 
And why does it work? Because you're giving a platform for people to... I really think that it's crazy because it's, like, taking the democracy away from us. Because if we're being flooded with, so? like... 100%. Because they're targeting people that are persuadable when they do that. So not Ooh. only are they looking for the people that are 18 that can vote, mm -hmm. but they're doing it on a platform that every single person's on. So even when kids are young and they don't even know what's going on when they see these commercials... They're building their own, like, oh, this is what I saw. And if it's a negative campaign, what are they going to think? They're going to have nothing to go this off except to see that. This is what it is, and this is what I should be believing. 100%. Ugh, that's and so like, fucked. There's even companies like Cambridge Analytical. Right, right. And this is a European data. data yeah, like, yeah. and just so everybody knows, data was more profitable than oil was last year. And... We and know it what will like, and it will be for and, the yeah, future. Like, Absolutely. It's insane. And we see like all these advancements in technology, but with the more technology and advancements there are, the less protection we have. The constitution right. doesn't protect us. That shit was made in seventeen hundred. You've, got, you've so. got the Patriot Act. I mean we'll <laughs> a ton of stuff away. Like that's a, that's bogus. And then you know what? We've been indoctrinated, I feel like, over time to just clicking the accept terms and conditions. Except terms and conditions. Yeah, I don't read that. And then little by little, we're like, okay, well, Apple has all my rights. Google has all my rights. Uh, Facebook has all my rights. But, uh, dude, but who owns it? them? And the thing is, like, it's what? all hackable. Like, there's nothing that's, like, I mean, that's, that's, everything's flawed in some nature. So, like, whoever you're giving your stuff to doesn't just belong to them. And they're making money off that, selling it to third parties and mm -hmm. all these other small distributors. And you're like, wait, why did I just get that ad? That's exactly what I was talking about. I, feel like I think we gotta be more worried about like the Chinese companies that are coming in here and Hano taking our are using our Ooh. terms and conditions and Hano it's like P. my mom deleted my brother's TikTok today. She grabbed the phone oh. from him and was like, wow. "I told you about TikTok." And the I was Chinese like, are invading. I'm like, "Yo and yo, the Chinese have been invading." Like real talk, like how time. many Fortune 500 companies mm. are backed by Chinese right now? A lot. I can't speak on that because I don't know, but I I would feel like it would be a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. If you look at the data, you're like, oh, and it's and it's not like little, sh it's chunks. Like it's, it's big boy it's like numbers. 12, 15. Well, did you guys talk about how there are literally like Chinese ports that are owned? No. For like, yo, tell them about that. Dude, Jump on that and, and tell them what it is. Yeah. Dude. Just the tell them what it is. Silk Road. The one belt. <laughs> one oh, belt. Explain, it, explain to the audience. I know. I know. I know what you mean. Explain to the audience. Um. Well, China's just trying to become like the center of trade, like for the whole world, and. uh China 2025, baby. <laughs> they're uh, they're building ports in uh, a bunch of countries that need money, and uh, they're signing away 10 to 100 year contracts. Contracts, bro. putting Chinese law in those ports. They got no jurisdiction <laughs> on what goes on over there. I watched a documentary on Netflix about that. It was like no, no, it wasn't even on Netflix. It was on this channel called the DW on YouTube. Mm, yeah, the DW, love it. It was like. Probably like two hours. I said, yo, this is real. You can't... Honestly, as a business person, when I look at what China's doing, I'm going... I can't hate it. I'm I don't like, hate it. Wow. Like, why is everyone over here, like, it's playing, like, silly games when, like, these men are making real executive decisions? Yeah. And everyone's just at the table going, yeah, it's China. Yeah, it's But it's China. also cultural, though. Because, like... Oh, absolutely. With us here, we think about short-term returns, right? Instant gratification. They've got... That's... They took. They didn't take a hundred year lease for no reason. No, because they're thinking in generation. It's a reservation. That's what they do. <laughs> think about it. Because you just captured at least three to four years, generations of people in that, in, like that you have control over something. Straight up. And it's like I don't yep. even know if the world's gonna be is gonna be around that long. But even if it is, like 
you're putting these people in the perfect position to people do something. People have so. kids every 25 years, say. 25 years, shout out to both. You've rented it for 100 years. You got what? Three, four kids? Bro, yep. all I know is we also be taking Fuck. mad, mad of their people, like, into our country to, like, teach them and, like, everything. But oh, then yeah. we send them back and we're, like, giving them all this information. And I feel like they just seeing how everything works. Like, I also feel like coronavirus was a test to see how fast we could bounce back from something that they released. And, like, okay, so we how just fast got they real. could do we that. We just got real. That's a real, a bomb. But, that's a real bomb. Because I've actually, real. Been, I've actually been pondering that idea. Like, when you think about it. No one knows ready for this. Dante was, Dante was going to talk about this before the Think fuck. about warfare in the future. Okay. It can't be dropping nukes. Like, we'll all be, be gone. They're Hundo P. Hundo like, P. I was like, bro, what? economic, and it's going to be, like, contagious uh, and viral. Hundo P. And it's like, when you think about it, it's like, if America wanted to prep itself for this, what better way to flood the media with a virus that spreads really bad but doesn't really kill. Because and, then you know America's going to be the one really releasing those fucking things because they'd be like, no, our, I feel like we're going to have to walk around with like dead ass stuff on our face. Like some mask. Like or, a mask? Like I a think air, mask? I think air is going to be the newest, re, like the, the resource that you're going to have to pay for that you really don't have to pay for because it's like water almost. What, right? do, you you mean, want uh, what do you mean qualify? What do you mean? I'm telling you like clean air is becoming harder and harder to find. Like we're or seeing with the pollution, okay. we're seeing with all of this, all of these studies and even how with the coronavirus itself slowed the economy down so there wasn't that much pollution in a lot of places. You see LA, Which, India? Yeah, wow. Like crazy smog, like all that shit hasn't been happening and it's like, okay, Mother Nature fought back for a bit. But the air quality is about to get real low, and if you think it's going to get better, it's not. So I think that air is going to be the next thing that people are going to be paying for because it's going to be something that not everyone can afford and not everyone can have. And it's going to be mm. like water and food, and like it's really about to be like that. Like you look at air filtration systems for your homes, and those are thousands of dollars. Yep. So like no one, not everyone can afford and that. And no, they can't. I was looking at one for my basement because I'm mad allergic to everything. I'm like, you I don't know allergic. if my mom dropped me on my head when I was a kid, but I'm allergic <laughs> to everything. And I don't know. She messed my senses up. No, I no, really don't know what happened. Not. But on, on real, like I really feel like these are the things that are going to have to, like only the rich are going to be able to afford. And no. I've seen like... That scares me. Now no. rich people have no issue saying, yo, stay home, like... Okay, but there's not a yacht like outside my house, and there's not a movie theater in my. Okay, like, there, I think it's gonna there be a is a movie game. theater in my house, but <laughs> what I'm saying, <laughs> but what I'm saying is like not everybody has. Oh, oh wait, yes, I do. <laughs> but like, still, like, uh, do you know how to drop the flex? Yeah, it's subtle. I, don't, I got no Gucci on, so I got drop something. <laughs> drop, yeah, drop the flex. All right, buddy. no, but it's it's still like, easier for some people to manage during mm-hmm. these times, and like. 100%. People were getting tested that have money, like, straight up. So, if you weren't getting tested, like, you're probably one of the people that can't pay millions of dollars if, like, we got to do something. Yeah. You know? I think I think it's going to be more of a class game. Like, this is what we talk about in school e. a lot. Like, like me, me and my boys at school. Like, yeah, like, race. Like, okay, okay, you're black, you're biracial, this, that. Over the next hundred years, people are all going to have... Um, damn near the same skin tone, right? We all be, we're all going to be... You know what I mean? Pretty yeah. much I feel like I'm getting clothes. less black every day, bro. Oh my god. So, <laughs> so I know what I'm saying though. It's like we're all gonna have the same skin tone. It's gonna be a class thing. Like, like, do, bro, like, do you have bread to rock with us or not? Straight no, up. I think you're wrong because I think it's about to be 
us humanoids that are that okay. have some sort of a chip species, in, a species yes a subspecies not about you right for that and a hundo p because okay. we know that elon musk is working on so you know the Neuralink. That's yes Neuralink? so if wow. you can cure wow. a lot of these diseases and you can kind of you know what i mean that and think about just how capitalism is going to play a role i know you were talking about that the that other day me. right Let's get into that. Go ahead. Uh, honestly and this is coming from like a very capitalistic and I would say oh you scared me I thought that was a huge spider <laughs> it kind of is Dante's got incense going right now just let everyone know yeah it smells beautiful in here <laughs> is incense and insects <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, he wants to do something too what, what were you talking about well, we were just talking about trend. capitalism oh, AI. inside AI, yeah. AI and how, like, serious. This is me. coming from, like, a very, like, not very conservative. I'm, I feel like I'm very independent in my views, but I would say I'm conservative-leaning uh, when it comes to most of my views. Yeah. I think if, when talking about, like, Elon's Musk Neuralink and people are making their, I mean, what, this could happen, like, five to ten years. People's brain capacities are working at ten to a hundred times the rate. It's like having a phone in our brain. Like thinking about think about that. You can't play the capitalistic game with that. Uh-uh. It's impossible. You would lose every time. And like the way like companies have been formed is like there's a very sp- with c- big companies getting bigger and less small business. Like that in sense is what China's doing in their like um like quasi state companies because China owns a yeah. piece and like mm-hmm. all their companies, it's, if you it's think all the about state. it, let's be real. If you think about it, the more we go towards big companies and less small business, the more it's just becoming like state and big tech. Because it's not yeah. any other thing, anything else now. It's big tech, big data, and big big brother. <laughs> um, but it's all going to hell. But if we got that Neuralink. How can we run capitalism? Well, because you said that to me the other day. You were like, if it's 20000 to just cash out, I'm like, all right, listen, I'll get the version X or whatever and just plug in. Yeah. Would you do it? Me, no. But if you Why think... Why not? I like my human self. I, I honestly, I'm... You like your sensibilities? Very, I'm very everything. content with dying as a human. <laughs> like, I'm cool with it. Like, I don't want no Neuralink. <laughs> but at the same time, like, if, I've, if I'm a business person... Like, how I'm going to be so disadvantaged with it. 100%. But now think, so like, that's how you think about it. But then I was like, look, there's that other side of it where you have people that have family members that were positively affected by it. So they got their lives back and it changed their lives. Think about it, bro. And when you have something. Marketing and and business perspective. Wait, what did I say? What did I say? He's changing lives first. And he's giving people something that's priceless and that's hope. And if you give people oh, hope, yes. they will run with that any day of their life, and they will give up their rights, and they'll give up their privacy because hope there's for hope life. for a better life. Yeah. And that's what we see people do to when they leave their countries to come here. It doesn't matter what it is. It's hope. Mm. And that's and what hope he's is selling what from the beginning. Is he's priceless. selling, like, Neuralink isn't supposed to make you this incredible, like, cyborg being. It's initially what it's supposed to do is cure diseases. Like... Right, that was things that like like don't people would never want to happen. It's like that's great, but like, how do you stop that now from being abused? This is because how because how do you go from cure disease to giving you the edge on the market or downloading a like he talked about downloading a language in two point five seconds, and I could communicate in 
hundreds of different languages and dialects and do business wherever you want. Same thing with CRISPR. Have you heard of CRISPR? Slightly. You got to familiarize me with it. CRISPR scary. CRISPR? CRISPR. That sounds familiar. Wait, was it on Rogan? I don't know. Honestly, Joe talks about a lot of shit, so it probably would be on Joe Rogan. CRISPR... That, I mean, when you think about it, they're taking the same thing with Neuralink. They, they're gene editing. So it's right. like... If okay, you, okay. If you have like any, any type of like, mm-hmm. trauma or disability... I think it, they have it, one on Netflix about this. Yeah, you could, you could just okay. edit that gene out and you're completely fine. But now, who's going to stop you from creating offspring that are eight feet tall? Uh, if you, yeah, it's yeah. like you can't that's stop that if you smooth. start it. Like once you start... Like, and that's how, what it's going to create it's going to create this movement because it's helping diseases it's helping things that humans don't want that are bad that suck but you once that's you true. start Just it you can't stop it the edge it's you, all about the edge it it's really all about is that's the human being instinct it's being better that's that's darwinism it's like straight up can we adapt but now it's like we have technology to be able to adapt so do we use that like we've seen in china that they have this subspecies that isn't animal that isn't human and they get to make things out of that that's Whoa. scary so they got them humanoids and no one so no one's we don't even know about who's that gonna say something? who's gonna say something to them Who's going to come to them and say, no, you can't do that? Because you're not, PETA's not going to run down that door. And you don't have any. Not with the Chinese. Yeah, we see people destroying people over here. So they're definitely not going to give a shit about these subgroup species of people. So now what do we do? Where do we go from here? Because if you're telling me like, oh, look, I can have wings in five years. I might really want some. I kind of is that the next flex? Like, what's up? Is that the next? Like, if you pull up with some angel wings, maybe not angel. I'm talking like pterodactyl on it. That's how how big you think our wings got to be? I want dragon wings. I want to be like Khaleesi. Like, I really want to be nice. What? Oh, like fly the mother of dragons? Yeah, Khaleesi with three dragons. Yeah, I've never heard of that. That's a great. You're wrong for that. Really? Are you kidding me? You've never Game of Thrones? No. Oh, you need to exit. I gotta go. I got. That's kind of blasphemic. I gotta go. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Wait, you really never watched Game of Thrones? No, nah, I had no clue what you were talking Honestly, about. Honestly, if anyone, I think I think you would watch it. That's crazy. It's an amazing it's it's a masterpiece. I'm stuck on the Sopranos right now. Yeah. Alright, I'm gonna get back on track a little bit. Alright, All right. let's do it. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. So Taylor, tell me about vision. Uh what made you want to get involved with it, your marketing skills, your passion for it, all that. Okay, so for me, I feel like I was the last person to know about Vision, and I was super hurt about it because I was like, wait, why does everybody in our group know about it except for me? I was like, I really want to do something like this. Well, because well, cause it started with Dante and yeah. Guhan. But then, like, Haley and Anna, which are, like, two of our friends, like, knew oh. about it. And I was like, wait, I was like, wait, do you even, like, want, are we even boys? And he was like, dude, honestly, like, and I didn't get it at the point at that time. But he was like, dude, I wanted it to be done and, like, come to you with, like, a full-on, like, everything done. Like, the hard stuff's done. Like, you just come in and do your magic. Because that's what the plan was originally. Because, like, the reason Haley and Annie Annie knew, because Haley did logos. So I was like, I want to have a full idea. I want to know how I'm tackling this. I want to have something to present. Because I'm not going to tell my boy about this idea I have and then not do it. Like, I need to commit to myself before I tell him. So he was mad hurt when he found out so late. Yeah, I know Taylor. He's probably like, oh, damn. Like I said, like I see how y'all rolling now. Like, <laughs> oh okay, he's a little butt hurt. Yeah, dude, I was, I was kind of like, yo, I don't know if I like that answer. Like, I hate being the last one to know. Yeah. And then, um, I, I was like, 
Okay, no, like, I totally get that. If I had something, I would probably want to do the same exact mm-hmm. thing and have it look really good. So I was like, okay, slowly accepting it. And um, I feel like what I'm good at is just the networking aspect and, like, mm-hmm. putting something together from nothing. Like, I'll do all the... I like to look at it the way that Steve Jobs had said that he would hire someone. He was like, I would hire someone that totally just puts in all the work, like, crams everything where it's supposed to go, and then gives it to me, like, as fast as possible over the person that would spend so much time on it that I would never see it. See it. Oh, because he's like, okay. at the end of the day, I'm the one signing off on, on it. it. So I need to see something. I need to see something, and then I can clear away from what I would want from mm-hmm. it or take it and put it with another idea, Flush and then there you go. And I was like, well, that's how I work. I can put a whole bunch of shit together from nothing, and then you say what you like, and we can work together on that playing field. I feel like the marketing aspect is something I love. I like I like luxury items. I like we know you like luxury items. Yeah, tell us about your love for luxury items and your flossing. I um, I don't know, dude. I feel like I used to be a hype beast a lot more than I am now. Poquito, I'll pull up just to flex, like to flex, because I love to, and I feel like that maybe just because I'm a black man and I gotta be like, wait for society to accept me. I gotta have like, oh, that's obviously kind of standards of like that I am better than you and that I do make more money than you because that's like if that's not a human instinct, I don't know what it is. Like you just want to keep growing and get better, and you're like, wait, maybe I'm a black man now, but maybe you have time for me. Because okay. I can do something. Okay, so and um, you know, right, so I want to. That's wanna, my Kanye look. Uh, on that, was, that was that, that was, was that got like deep out of nowhere. Like, was I was sorry. not expecting. Like that's that. bad. Right? I had a sour face for a second. And I was like, dope. oh wait, he's getting really. Because I saw I saw Dante yeah, sort of like turning. Like, what is he about to say out his mouth? But then you got deep there. I wanna I wanna focus in on that because okay. you are Colombian. I'm Cuban. Cuban, you're but yeah, Cuban and you're black, right? Mm-hmm. Cameroonian and Cuban. Cameroonian Cuban. Yeah. But your the father that was present in the home with you uh-huh. is Caucasian. Yeah. And you have two siblings um, who are Cuban and Caucasian. Yes, and they're like one of them's very pale, and then the other one's dark. Like she can right. get as dark as me in the summer. Like right. it's crazy. So so it's, it's a, so it's very it's different growing up. So how did you sort of handle being? biracial with a Caucasian dad mm-hmm. but your biracial is it's like a, not it's, white and black it's like yeah, Hispanic so, and black like how do you sort of navigate that space I would just say intersectionality is one of the craziest things out there because google that word yo google that word <laughs> intersectionality it's yes it's that like sounded beautiful Jeff. <laughs> I thank you I have the Spanish side in me and then I have this black side so my parents are divorced, so I obviously spend time with both, right? With both, but not like That's you know much. all the time. Because yeah. you live with your mom. With your yeah, mom, I live with my mom full time, and she's Spanish. So when I see my grandparents, they have a way different view on life and how things should be. So I have to like kind of fit that role in which mm-hmm. like a black person typically wouldn't in like their view. But it's like different because they see it differently because they're like you were raised differently, like you're a because, different person. Because because you identify as a black man. Yeah, all all the time because it's the first thing that you see. So like, regardless of what happens, you're like, gonna own that. You could pull up talking Spanish. And I'm like, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, <laughs> lucky you don't that look this like you should be talking. Stone. <laughs> like yeah. this was at a stone about to get you in trouble, dog. 
But um, but then I go to Florida, and then I'm not. Right. I'm either not black enough, or like I don't eat the same things, or whatever. And I'm like, or you oh. speak different, right? yeah, you got dude, different vocabulary. I hate I that. And then when your boys and your friends are like, "No, Taylor, like you're mad white." Like I'm like, what does that mean? So I'm like, wait, what does that mean? Yes, with bro. Being white? And I'm like, wait, do oh. I have to break it down to a philosophical level? But the one thing I know in both cultures, if you have money or you have drip or you have whatever, like. People will spend the time and they'll listen to you, or they'll say, "You know what? Um, maybe that person has something worth saying." You see a Kanye West, someone influential. People want hope; they want to be able to follow something, and because it's easier to follow than to do on your own, people tend to be contempt and they follow. So I'm like, "Look, if that's the keys that we're given, and I want to have a voice, then I'm gonna drip down whatever, and I'm gonna do it. And you're gonna have to either listen or not, but like." Any exposure is exposure. It's all news. Well, what would you say to people that like look up to like Bill Gates and Elon Musk who don't trip at all? You don't like, trip at who, all. But they're, they're the with them biggest flexors. But they're the they, biggest. Yeah. And exactly like I was saying, like, people. And shit. Yeah, dude. Like <laughs> it's all egos. It's all egos. Because mm-hmm. like, look, I I see that you're not flexing in one way, but like, boy, you really gonna name your child that or whatever? A-X-12? I feel like the real issue though is that people getting all worked up over this child's name, but they're not like they're not worked up over the fact that we're destroying the world or like like how much do you really care? You care if that man has a name that doesn't make any sense, or do you care about the people who don't eat and the vets that aren't getting the service? Like because it's not in front of them, bro. Exactly, that's, bro. That's, that's the difference. Wrong. Can like, we talk about wrong. if you make more than what I think thirty seven thousand dollars USD a year, you earn the the one percent of the world. That's crazy. People like to that's talk about the one percent. Oh, look at the one well, percent of here, America bro. is like the one percent of. Yeah, Earth. it's one percent on one percent. Yeah, like it's very easy to take things out of perspective and like look at all the negatives in Ooh, life. Yeah, and <laughs> you're mad rude, bro. No, no, <laughs> I was no, like, no. how did he know? I was like, he didn't see it. How would he know, dude? Taylor, yeah. I know. <laughs> like, I let you lie for a minute, but I also yeah, know you. He didn't say anything, and I he looked at me, that. and I was like, all right, let's go back to the thing. And I, I was like, I'm gonna fuck with him now. I was like, I'm making him wait od long. I didn't say nothing, but I know his guilt is gonna be like. Damn, that's my boy. I'm gonna have to give it to him. So I, was I, like, just I just waited him out. I just waited him out. And you're lucky, you're my boy, because if I don't like you, I'd be like, fuck it. <laughs> I'd be hitting that shit in front of you and putting it in the back of my pocket. <laughs> I was uh, back, my bad. I just waited about, bro. That was it. I was like, yo, I gotta give him something. I see a second again. You were being philosophical. Oh, I was saying, like, if it's not in front of people's face, like, it's very easy to, like, lose perspective on, like, other people's lives. And it's, like, very, very easy. I feel like when you're comfortable, and I think most Americans are comfortable. Like, when I say comfortable, I'm saying, like, you don't have to worry about, like, a roof over your head or when you're eating your, eating your next meal. Like, I would that's say, comfortable. I would and say yes, but I would also say that anxiety takes over people's absolutely. lives to the point where, like, you are completely comfortable, but you feel like you're not. Okay, and so I feel like that makes my like that makes my mom not comfortable because she's always like, "What bill do I need to pay? What do I need to do?" But is, like, but hold on, her hold on, hold on. Score oh, is so many different directions. Yeah, eight thirty. Right yes, so like she's yeah, exactly. working, but she's like, "I need to pay this and I need to pay this," and they have school and my siblings go to private school and she's like, "I got to pay that." And this is what I'm saying. Like, like once you have like, shelter and food, 
you now have other things you can worry about. Yes. Because when your mind you is have consumed, the to worry about exactly. It. When you're consumed with when's my next meal and where that's am I going to sleep? That's it. You, that's what right, your bro? worry time is that's about. You're not worried like, about your bills. You ain't got no bills because we got no food. <laughs> so it's like once you enter the next level of comfortability, now new problems arise. But what I'm saying is now you have to take that perspective of what are real problems. Is the real problems that my lights are a little bit too expensive right now? Ooh. Or like... Or that or that I can't filter out my pool? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. is that the problem? Like, and if it is, put it into perspective with reality because wow. you've fallen out of touch. Let me, let me, let me jump on that for a minute. Just like a, a very, a micro, a very micro example of that was I was in college, right? And we're sitting there and me and my friend, we have like good GPAs, all that. We're in the, you know, business program, super, super cool. And then we're talking about credit. And then I stopped for a second and I said, oh, hold on. We have the privilege to even be talking about credit or talking about investment properties and talking about building businesses and talking about all this stuff. And then I got a little deeper and I said, yo, I'm in a dorm right now. Right. Think about how many people actually are able to go to college for four years, dorm, you know what I mean? Do this, do that, let alone if you're in an Ivy or if you're in this and you're in that, like... That's that, that's a lot of privilege with that, and that's what I was to saying. Certain, to a, a lot of to my a certain extent, of going course. going back to the beginning of the, like what I said in the beginning of the podcast was. Um, sorry, I just got distracted. Right, go <laughs> what, what I was saying in the beginning of the podcast is when I was at Quinnipiac, like, and I first went there, and I had like a reverse like shock. It's because of that perspective. It's because of like people aren't worrying or not worrying, but like thinking about like all these like costs that they've accumulated in their wow. life because they've always been taken care of like by their like pop parents and that's what freaked me the fuck out it was like because like they didn't really get it do you know what i mean mhm <laughs> Jay, you're not even here <laughs> do you yeah, know no, what i mean I'm by that can you repeat that one more time it's got a charge like when i was saying like in the beginning of the podcast with like how i had like a reverse like shock when I went to Quinnipiac, because okay. like everyone yeah, yeah, was yeah, yeah. like very groupthink, mm-hmm. that and that, but that groupthink was very Chad-like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very it's Chad-like. Like, it's like a lot of the people I talked to didn't understand that perception of like everything getting paid for them was just like that's how life was, and it's like it it didn't really wrap around their head that like some people your your life is what it is because of what you've because of what you're accustomed to. Exactly. Right? Like you're not thinking about poor people, or you know, not, I'm not going to take it that far. You're not thinking about what your dad has to do to pay for that, what your mom has yeah. to do to pay for that, what X, Y, and Z. Exactly. Goes into so it's like what you get, what you have. Exactly. So it was kind of like a lot of the people that I was uh, associating with was just it was so confusing at first because like my whole life, the way I was brought up was like you have to work hard for what you want. And, like, Straight up. my dad was, like, the type of person to, in sense, like, he put his own, like, body on the line, like, because, like, in his business, like, like if you own a bar or a nightclub, like, you're dishing out drinks. If you're dishing yeah. out drinks, you're there. everyone you're wants present. to work with the owner. Right. Or, or not work with the owner, drink with the owner. Yeah. Like, and it's, like, when you're in that cycle in your lifestyle, like, it was very, very toxic. And Ooh. so, like, but in his mind he was working really hard for his family. He was working to provide 
He's not worried about the clout. He's not worried about, oh, I own a club, a bar, a strip club, this, that. He, like, hated it because he knew it was destroying him as a person. He became, he was an alcoholic technically because of that. I mean, you could obviously say that his actions are based upon what you want because, like, you could say, oh, you could be the owner and not drink, but it's like, Everyone you're in that when environment. You're in a club, and like the Every owner day. comes out and is dishing out shots to everyone. Everyone's having a fucking blast. You have it's to like, do it to keep people involved, but then exactly. again, it's detrimental to your own personality and your own being. And exactly. So my dad's thought that. process was: is like yeah. he did this for his family so we can enjoy nice things. But like, so when I went to Quinnipiac and like okay. I look poor <laughs> compared to everyone yeah, there, and it's like they like I had a job at sixteen, like working at Mo's and stuff like that. So I yeah. I got that. Like, <laughs> you love Mo. Welcome to Mo's. You put me on a Mo's. <laughs> <laughs> it was just kind of crazy because yeah. I was like, why don't people realize that blowing two hundred dollars on some like going out on a weekend is like no issue? Senseless. I'm just like, whoa. For like, most people, right? I was just like, what's going on here? But then like, again, what's what's the flip side of that? If you got it, spend it, as Taylor would say. As Taylor would say. If you got it, flip it, as Taylor would say. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I think, so I think this is super, super... No, but the thing also, you're absolutely right. But what he did was every time he had the money, he would just be investing it. So mm. like, not only is he like a bigger hypocrite because he is spending that, but like... Long-term investments... Mitigate risk. Make your future self happy. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So let's so so let's just dive a little My deeper in terms of like the perspectives know, and and how you understand like what the world is around you. That's but that's so we started that because we were talking about people's perception as not understanding right, what it's right. like to worry about food and worry about shelter. I was yeah. saying that because when I went to Quinnipiac and relating it back, it was mm-hmm. like an exaggerated level. Like, I didn't even think about, like, the things that they didn't think about were, like, mm-hmm. normal things that normal people think about. Like, where I was on the level of, like, oh, I understand some people really don't have food. Like, some people really, really don't have shelter. Don't have so when I had that perspective and, like, they didn't, they didn't even have a, yeah. a, a drop down, that's what I was saying when I felt like I didn't, like, fit in in the conversations a lot of the time. Do you know what I thought about? I thought about, especially going to college and seeing different people from, like, different socioeconomic backgrounds it's like in danbury right it's not the most affluent place but we're still in connecticut we're still in fairfield county yo we're still in one of the top five richest counties in the nation can i tell you right right? now ralph lauren has his plane parked at audi so do mad famous (laughs) (laughs) right here in danbury yes he buys five of those volkswagens a year he's like i'm just gonna buy five of these and he gives them out as like gifts to people so wild that nigga pulling up through here like he's coming through danbury and like you have the you have the top one percent and then you have the bottom like you can go buy a crack and a prostitute down the street this is what i'm saying that's why i like it this is what i'm saying this is what i'm saying so like like, we live in a small like so like city. in Danbury though, even like this is the way I see it, or I've come to find out, even those who like maybe on like the lower end of that socioeconomic totem pole, they're still much higher than those who are living in ready for the, the, the Midwest, yeah. yeah, or the Appalachians. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you take the poorest person, say in Danbury, which is again in one of the top five richest counties in the nation they're way yeah. ahead of someone who lives in 
uh, Appalachia who literally is literally trying to eat every day, yeah. or someone in a third world but developing country. It's because, country. It's because I, I, like, only, I like I like Danbury a lot though because Danbury does Food have a very wide uh, socioeconomic range. Yeah. Danbury. Pers- that's what I'm saying. It does. But it's all it it's all per- it's all within the perspective though, because for us it's like okay, yeah, there's a, there's this huge like you get super poor people, super wealthy people. When it comes to the perspective, 100%. but if you take that poor person and you send them, say, to a rural place in Georgia, mm-hmm. okay, they can get a house for two hundred thousand wow. dollars. Wow. Yeah, that's not a house. That's 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 a estate yeah. down there. That's, no, a, that's a life. I, you know what I mean? I, like, I think I still think, now, regardless of perspective, though, the socioeconomic range. It's oh, it's very huge. big. Huge. And that's what but, I think we've benefited from that, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, look where I can come from Danbury and grow up here, but I can go to a school like South Kent where there are multiple... Completely different places. Where there is 240 students, 200, 240, 250 students when I went there, and every single person is either recruited and they have bread because they're playing hockey. They're... Going to championships, we have every D1 athlete being handpicked from literally different countries, all going there. Think about those connects. All those people were brought together, and they're in Connecticut of all places. And you have these prep schools, which literally are the ones that colleges will take ED, like early admissions, and they're like, you know what, like, word, we're going to take this, this, this. Go to school and ask how many kids are prep schools. Mm-hmm. If you're going to private schools, even if you're going to, like, Giant schools like there are mad preps kids around. It's insane, but those parents and those kids are so connected that you're having like it's ridiculous a different ridiculous scales, yeah. and people are just buying houses close because they're like, oh, like do you want to go to our our house in uh at Candlewood or do you want to go to our house at uh wherever because they're like just, the just so their kids spend... have access to it. Hundred percent. During that four years that they're there. Oh, they're pulling up yeah, with like crazy. Arizona plates. Yo, how'd you get your car here? Yeah. Oh, we, f- <laughs> we, we shipped got, it. We shipped it. <laughs> like, like, what like, do you mean? Bro, I'm barely getting on the plane to ship my ass somewhere, but you're going to ship a car that's like 20000 of me. Like, please. It's craziness. Dude, I get it's looked crazy. at sideways when I told people I went to public school. Oh, that's not why. I look at it sideways. No joke. The different thing for me like was when jungle. I was going to school... And I had people saying, how did you get here? And I'm like, oh, like, I'm struggling to get home to go to school because I didn't have a car when I went to St. Lawrence. Right, right, right. I right. just got a car. Right, so, Taylor goes, just so the audience knows, Taylor yeah. goes to St. Lawrence. University. Um, yeah. un- university, it's on the border of Canada. So from Danbury, it's about, what, four hours? No, oh, like it's six, like and six, and six and a half. Oh, yeah, six we, and a half. Oh yeah, we took that ride. Yeah, yeah you took that wild and yo, James are Adirondack. Yo, I have your glasses. I'm about to go get all my stuff. I'll bring them back. Yeah, I definitely need those. I've been contacts right now, but I yo, the prescription. I put the bill one time, and I was like, this kid is either blind, like he's just broken. He blind. But um, yo, when I would do that. I'd be like, yo, like, so-and-so, how'd you get here? Oh, I got on my dad's commercial jet. And I'm like, yo, are you kidding me? And they're like, yeah. And they not bringing people though? home on the jet. So I'm like, wow. Me with my mind, like, can we go take pictures on the jet? Can we go fly somewhere on the jet? Like, what can we do on See, the jet? See, this is like, because you're looking at it like, oh, this is an experience I wouldn't have had unless I met these people. But them, they're looking at it like, oh, no, I'm just going home. I'm just doing – I'm like, <laughs> this yeah, isn't anything insane. different. Like, <laughs> like, Taylor's flexing this, but, like, I'm just living. Like, So what's a flex to them? But then let me tell you this. Like, my uncle yeah. owns a company, 
and they have two private jets, mm-hmm. and he has in his own God name two 2019 Cadillacs, like big bodies. Like they look like Suburbans. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, every time you pull up, like you're either in a jet or you're in that. So people assume this man has so much money, but no, people are renting out those things throughout the whole entire year. So they're basically paying themselves off with the payments as they come. Exactly. And then when it comes to gas, like it's a whole different story, but they have done that and they've owned, um, like basically any car you can imagine that's like high class, whatever. I haven't seen any Bugattis or anything like that, but Ferraris, Lambos, like he'll always pull up in something, Mm. but his company owns that. And I'm like, wow. This man has built up his social media like he's actually fire. Like that's who I want to be like because not only can he live that lifestyle, but it's not even like he's pretending because he's working with clients the, the, that do live that The perception that image is real. A hundred percent. So when people want to go do business with him or want to do whatever, they're like, yo, how can I get in on this? That's only making his pockets bigger to the point where he can live that life and he does live that life. So I'm like, wow, that's crazy. So I really wanted to get a job with him. But I was like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. That's why when the Giuseppe thing came up today, I was like, wait, please let me get that shit. Because that would be actually ridiculous. I would drip myself out in a fit. Oh, my God. Destroy the ego. Don't destroy my ego, please. I think... Not your ego. I can't I breathe that in one's, here. That one's for the, the viewers. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> um, I can't breathe in but here. Also, His like, ego's so big. When I look at it, like I know I'm bipolar. So when I see that, I'm like... I know I'm living in a different world than everybody else is. So let's 100%. So, so so let's talk about that. I want to get a little deeper with that. Yo, hit it. So when you talk about being bipolar and being in those situations that you're in, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, how do you navigate social circles with being bipolar, being wow. biracial, all these different things that not it's I'm, crazy. I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna say that these are hard things, but these are things that you just live with. Yes, and I'll say how like, do you navigate that? I've I only realized I was bipolar not even like a, maybe how long ago? Not even five months. Yeah, you called me on the phone like five months ago, maybe about a half year ago. Yeah, like, okay, yeah. so six months. And But I've been living that my whole life, and I always either lived in Connecticut, went to Florida. I always went to different schools. I got kicked out of a lot of schools when I was younger. But I always had to meet new people and adjust and adapt, and that was something that I learned how to do, whether it was talking to the old lady on the, down the street or it was talking to some kid that I didn't know or just walking up to them, like starting a conversation. So what helps you cope? And the things that help me cope are the people that I met that actually are meaningful in my life. Mm, so, okay. like, whenever I'm going through traumatic things and I'm, like, feeling super low, I go to people like Jay or I go to people like Dante or, like, people that I know that would always support me. And those are people that I've met along the way. And they understand you get... Like, listen, man, like, where judgment yeah. isn't even taken into consideration because they're, like... Even when I found out I was crazy or crazy, they were, like... Whatever you, you call know, it. Like, yeah. we kind of already knew, like, you're just Taylor, though. So I would see that and I'd be, like wow, if there's no judgment, then how could I have any fear of doing, like, with what anybody else thinks? Because I always know you have that home to go back to. Right, right. So how do you approach fear, then? Yo, fear isn't in the vocabulary. Like, if I'm scared to do something, I'll just go to, like, one of my boys. I'll be like, yo, I'm mad scared. They're like, yo, do it. Like, what do you have to lose? Fear is the number one enemy for opportunity. 100%, dude. And if you... Go if for you, shit. If you're fearing something, uh, that's good. That means you're probably doing something right. So go grab it by the fucking balls and go fucking do that's it. That's what like, it is. That's really dude. what it is. Because even like when you're doing it, like if you're scared to go get a job right now, guess what? Like yeah, that is super scary. And like 
if you can even get a job, like, that's so big. So you go to that every day, and when you're doing it, we were talking about this the other day, it doesn't seem like it's that hard because you're, like, in it, and you're like, okay, well, now what else can I do? What other moves can I make? You always have to be thinking, and, like, even you know that because mm, absolutely, this man was working for Louis Vuitton. Like, now he's out here doing the podcast. Like, I always see him adapting to different situations differently. Like, he can't go and work every single day. Now he's doing this. Like, this is going to blow up. Like, it's always something else. Because, honestly, like, the way, the way I take it is that that word you said, adaptability, right? So, like, I was raised by a single mom, a single black mom at that, right? So what she did is um, my mom, and again, I'm going to have my mom on this podcast, so you guys will get Ooh. really, really deep with that. Yeah, it's going to be super great. That's fine. But what she did is she had two kids, and she said, all right, listen, I've got to switch modes, right? So she's a therapist. She got her master's. She, you know, she's really wow. cool, and she really changed the direction, the literally the generational direction Absolutely. Of, of her family where she was going to where I think it's a game of plateaus, right? And they don't want that to happen, and no. they don't want that to happen. So it's a game of plateaus where okay, she might have been raised at this socioeconomic level, but then her son can be raised at this, and her daughter can be raised at this. So and then my kids can be raised at this, and, and blah 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 blah, and it goes higher. But it's all about that adaptability to say what okay. The way I was raised, it was the five P's. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. If I prepare properly, I can prevent a poor performance wow. every time. Yep. That's wow. really what and it you is. Can't, and you can't take that wow. away. And I, always, and I always relate it back to things that are so integral to me, like sports, right? Wow. Uh, track, uh, basketball, football. If I prepare so hard and so damn digi- uh, diligently... You can't take that away from me. You can't take my effort away from me. That's what it is. And that's, and that's what separates most people is the preparation that goes into be, before whatever they do, right, no matter what right. it is. Like, you go into a business negotiation. If you already did your homework, like your homework before you go into mm-hmm. any negotiation, you already won that, like whatever you wanted. Because like, if you have something that you want to go into a negotiation with and you prepared properly, you know what your lowest point's going to be. You know what your highest point's going to be. You know what your, 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 what your worth. You know what you're worth. You yeah. know what the person that you're negotiating is worth. You know what their intentions are. You know what your intentions are. You know everything that involved, that goes involved with this. If you go into that and you have nothing prepared, you are absolutely going to put yourself at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like you have to think about stuff as almost like war. Like, you want to be the winner when it comes to whatever it is I you're mean, trying to... I mean, as simply as you can put it, you want to win. Yeah, and it's right? like, so okay. why would you disservice yourself by not preparing properly to anything that you want to succeed in? But where did you see your work ethic really start to change? Because you've, I feel like you've always, you've been working since you were 16. Even before that, you've always been regimented with your workouts, how much you put into yourself. Like, where did that come from? Like, as someone who literally, like, their dad wasn't home all the time, like, you were literally, like, with your mom, taking care yeah. of your brother. Like, yeah. where does that maturity come from, and why did it strike you at such a young age? Because, like, there are people like me. If you want to get real real. I do want to get real real. <laughs> it, yo. All right. Like, let get, me let just we're about to get this real quick. Real real. It's the IGR podcast. It gets real. Wow. Where I think it stems <laughs> from, legitimately. Like, I think... There's billions of causes that go into a person's life to make them who they are. Right, like, I think right. every small, inc- even like a conversation you have, like, this is just an organic computer. Like, it processes everything. Mm-hmm. Your own CPU. What I think motivated me so much from like a young age to like just try and chase like 
this like perfection in what whatever I desire to like be doing at the time, like whether it's like vision, like I'm starting another company. I right, right, yeah. Talk about, about that. Yeah, we'll get to it for um, sure, dude. We got, dude, we got time. Regardless, I mean, regardless, this whatever is, it is, we could be doing like five episodes right now. Like we've got honestly, time, bro. It's quarantine. I have to go fix my mom's TV. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to do that like an hour. Dude, ago. you can leave and come back. I'm pretty sure we'll still be right Probably here. Be here. Okay, <laughs> like, word. I'm definitely gonna have to go do that. Um, but I want to hear this response. I think with like my dad being like an alcoholic and like not really being around, and yeah. like my mom had this very loose structure on the house. Like she, you could tell she was like she never knew what was going to happen. She was trying to hold it together. She was trying her best to hold it together, but I could see like the fear, like Mm. I could feel it off of her. And I think from like a very young age, like I saw, like I had my brother, my mom, and then I didn't really see my dad. And I knew I could never like put that much of an impact on my mom because she's trying to keep the family as a whole. Right. So I think with my little brother, I went, all right, our dad's not around. My mom is having a really hard time holding this together. I need to be the example. Like, I need to be the example, if not for me, like, for him at least. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I didn't I didn't get that example in the sense that, like, when I was growing up, like, I had a very hard time with the people around me. Because not only was it just my parents, but, like, a lot of people in my family died from drugs. So, like, I didn't have a lot of people to, like, look up to. Mm-hmm. So, like, what I tried creating within myself was to be the person I wanted to be for my brother. Wow. And, and you're saying that stems from not having like a super present father figure. Yeah, or like just early that, on at that least. and like not having anyone like within my family to like look up to. Because like it so, just, you, so so you felt like you had to like create that on your own, like really I've, craft what you who you wanted to be as a man. I wanted to, I wanted to become what I didn't have for my brother. Mm, okay, because wow. there is a lot of things where I was like. Wow, I wish someone could help me with this. Wow, I wish I could do that. Wow, I wish someone could show me this. And, like, no one was really around to do that. So, so you said, like, fuck, what, I'm going to go out and learn it. Yeah, it was kind of like, I'm just going to go do whatever the fuck I want, like, but I'm going to try and be the best at what I can be. And, like, okay. with whatever that was. So my brother had someone to look up to to show him that he could accomplish things that he wanted to accomplish. Wow. Because I was scared that if I didn't do it, that he wasn't going to turn out like yeah. that great because there's so many negative influences. And in turn, and, and, and going back to that hope thing we talk about, right? Yeah. Dude, is that giving yeah. him hope that like, okay, 100%. if my brother did it, then I could do it. And if he did yeah. it at this level, why can't I take it to the next level? Yeah. At and least, that's at what least I always tell him too. Is like, do. I'm like, you could be better than everything I do. That's what like, I want for you. It's mm-hmm. like, you're my little brother. Like, like I worked so hard, like through so much bullshit, like the first 18 because years of my life. Because if you did it with, with not much father figure and he had you to look up to, and then when your dad came back around, it's like, oh, dude, you've got the tools now yeah. to let's yeah. make this thing work. Like he is, the, he is the mitochondria of the house. Like if shit has to get moving, like Call stuff gets moving. Like he literally will be like, yo, Biology. we need to go to therapy. Like we need to do these things. I've seen yeah. a change throughout every single person in his family mm. because of the way that he is. Like when he's not here, I'm actually like, wow, like I don't know who holds everything together because it's kind of crazy. And I feel really? like it's wow. almost like that for me when I'm at home. But not only did he do that but i see damien like becoming the captain of his track team i see him doing better in school oh. i see him making an effort and Excelling, it's something that like yeah. you can never predict what kids are going to do and that's why you shouldn't treat them differently you know what i mean so, depending on whoever they are 
But like, yeah. I would see David. And I'd be like, okay, he's gonna play video games his whole life. Like, I hope he makes. Like, <laughs> that's really what it was. That was no, a concern. Really, I'm like, he's mad good at it. So like, if anything, like, there's a future in that. Whatever, whatever. you do, do 150. But I see him going out and like, not only does this dude balance a girlfriend, but he's out there doing sports. He's mm-hmm. dealing with these, with whatever he's dealing with at school. He's like, he handles a lot of different things, and I think that that is only possible because. He's been given that, like... He had an example. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so all right. So, what do you guys think about having expectation in the household and how that sort of develops you and your oh, character? Oh, it fucks kids up, dude. Especially when they're, like... I know my little brother's the middle child, and he feels like he's been Oof. robbed because, like... Of attention. Yes, of, because, obviously, uh, like, I came in first, so, like, I took a lot of resources, especially because the first kid, you're, like, rip. you're just trying to, like, do the best. Then you're, like, wait, depending <laughs> you're on You're the guinea pig. Like, yeah, whoever that <laughs> got you determines pig, where you're going to put the other one. Oh, exactly. So, like, uh, the Ken didn't, didn't work. I guess I'll go over here with him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Public school for a couple years really didn't work. I'm going to go straight. <laughs> Bro, my parents were running a Boarding school for this guy. And then your youngest yeah, uh, sibling gets to the best. But he just grad- he's going to graduate in two and a half weeks and go into high school, which is crazy to me because this kid world. is so little. But he's he's going to be the first one that goes to Immaculate. So, like, that's a new story for oh. him. So, like, now, like, I don't think it's, like, 13 grand a year. And, like, he wasn't doing his homework and stuff. And he was, like, kind of being difficult. And I was like, why would you waste $16,000 do what you did with me and put me in like Danbury High School. I got honor roll while I was there. I was taking my Dude, AP like, courses. Like at this at I the same time, two and I was like, oh, it's education I'm in, in Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, yo, I don't know why you wouldn't just do that and see where he stands, and yeah. then go and put him in the school if he deserves to be there, if he wants to be there, and he's doing what he has to do. But my parents were like. Taylor, like, we are supposed to do what's best for our children no matter what. So, like, we should put him there because, like... Okay. And I was like, okay, you're kind of proving my point. Like, don't treat everybody differently. But I was like, you can't treat us all the same. So, like... True. You know what I mean? Like, one kid's going to do something else differently. Like, Kate is so smart. Christopher's in the 98 percentile for math and science. Like, mm. for those little, like, Iowa tests and yeah, shit. Like, I was yeah. like, how do you score well in those? I was in, like, yeah. the 13th percent. Like, <laughs> I was out there, like, making colors on my shit. Like... Taylor just wanted to draw. I was, I, I, dude. I literally. <laughs> ass, though. I don't even want to say what I did for my SAT because, like, I'm not I saw to some get people go to sleep. I'm not trying to get in trouble, but like, it doesn't matter now, dude. I had a. Does it dude, not matter? My SAT score was actually laughable. No, but like, can I get in trouble if I say something and they're like, "Oh, like you have to take the SAT again"? Because I don't want to. I got through it. I mean, congratulations to Taylor. He actually just graduated. Uh, college, Yo, so big I got up double Taylor. major, guys. Double I major. Didn't think I was gonna make it through. Tell the audience what it is. So I have a double major in business and so in sociology, and I almost got a minor in government. But I was like, what am I gonna do with that? Like, I can always go back and get that. I don't think I am. It's not your interest right now. But yeah. I would just have to take two classes, which means three classes this summer seems like a lot, especially if I do have a job. So I'm gonna take the one. Um, but no, I said it when I first. Ended up graduating, and even throughout the way, I was like, if I get this degree, I'm getting yeah. everybody on my team rings. Because I did not do this by myself, so and I'm not going to let man. anybody think I did. Because I pulled up to classes, people had me covered on multiple occasions, 
I had people that proofread my stuff because I'm actually like an illiterate monster. <laughs> like, I can't believe I made it. And the fact that I made it means anybody can. And I look up like I was Yo. an undiagnosed bipolar disaster. Not like, even knowing. Barreling through, not, not even knowing. knowing. And just like barreling through. And yeah. like there were all these hurdles. And like I actually got accused of raping somebody from like the school. And the girl was like, no, this didn't happen. But they were like, "No, you're hysterical. Like, you don't know what's going on." Like, and I was like, what "Oh, so is you're saying that on? they try- wait, wait, all right." So let's let's pause there and just try- can you sort of give a little background on St. Lawrence and what it is? And it's more of like so, a legacy international yeah. school, right? St. Lawrence. When I first went there, there was a girl that was like Bush's, um, like n- niece or something, and her name okay. was I-, I can't even remember. Wait, what her name Bush, was. the like the president, like this school, George is W. Bush, Bush right? Or yes, junior. Like, okay, it is basically built up of like fraternities and sororities and like i do like the sororities because they actually do go out and like the fraternities there's only two so it's not a big school but it's like a big like if you are somebody and your dad is an investor like you're not getting super like like because i because me dante went up there it's a super legacy school though oh and international so it's so it's so uh audience just to clarify that the legacy school means your parents went there, your Did grandparents you went the there, and then also <laughs> what the international aspect is, it's a lot of well-endowed international kids yes. who have money or you know stuff like that. They went there too, so it's a lot of different backgrounds and perspectives that you get to meet with, and Taylor got the opportunity to go there because your mom went there, right? No, my, no. my mom and dad met at Northeastern. I only went there because there was a kid from my school at South Kent that ended up going there, Austin Diltz. Shout out Austin Diltz, wherever you are, my Dude, that's creative. Talk yeah, to him, dude. I, I still do <laughs> like. Do? Okay. I'll, I'll send him like a snap. Like he was in yeah, Colorado yeah. for a bit, and then he came back. But he's a Pittsburgh guy, so he's okay. not like near yeah. here. Yeah. But one of the craziest cool soccer out. players ever. Like this kid would cross you up, and then he would beat you up too. Wait, like, what was his name? Austin Dills. Like he was a Dilt. he was oh, a man. big boy. Yeah. But um, Taylor he t- brought me Taylor there. played soccer though. Just like one though. I was a soccer, predominantly soccer player. Yeah. Yeah. And. Really good at pickup too. Yeah, that pickup. <laughs> yeah, that's a Not good as good as Tomas Jamet. Go peep that man. I'm, that's a name drop. Tomas Jamet. I can't spell because I'm dyslexic, Tomas but put Jemet. it in Siri because you'll get some results. But <laughs> it's Googleable. Yeah, it, it is. I don't even know what I was talking about, but the fact that we made it and that mm-hmm. like we crossed the finish line is crazy because I did it. My dad didn't do it, and I was always like, I don't know why I didn't go back and just finish because. I feel like now, like, that part of my life is at least complete and I can move on. And I would rather move on than procrastinate and, like, sit in my bed and never want to, like, move on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at. How you at? Do we have the same case, bro? Uh, We do have the same case, as a matter of fact. Do you have the battery pack on the back? Yeah. Yes. It was definitely worth the investment, right? Yo, Hundo 30 for that, too. Yo, if anyone needs a case... Don't go to those bootleg, like, $10 ones. Go to Apple. Get a $130 one. It's an investment for sure. But at the end of the day, if it craps the bed within an hour of using it... (laughs) 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 Nah, I'm joking. Within a year of using it, then they'll replace it for free. Like, it's just good news. It's always just good news. And they look sleek as fuck. And if you drop your phone, it's actually dumb protective because it's rubber. So that recoil is not a critical hit. You're, you're sitting nice. New iPhones are mad strong, too. 
Yo, new iPhones got that. Oh wait, Jay, why don't I just request you and we can like split a screen and then we? Can oh, attack. bet. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're on live. Uh, we're going on Taylor Williams live. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. Let me see yours. Go ahead, dog. Do your thing. We gonna do it. Yeah. Do you want to go back to um? What was it? Uh, expectations in the household. Oh yeah. Was, I, I honestly, didn't really I feel like we that. didn't get into that, but we I know I saw you kind of click into it. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, because it's very interesting. I feel... Sorry, I'm requesting this. Sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. Um, Jordan Peterson, who is... Um, a, I think he's a psychologist. I hope he's a psychologist. <laughs> he's um, deep, though. Um, he's a psychologist, right? Psycho- I think so. I think so. Okay. He talks about it. But... At one point, like, does setting up your kid for success put more of a burden on, like, the kid and, like, puts this pressure to, like, complete and, like, creates this like, obsessive thing? This is really bugging me out. Yo, I don't turn know your volume like, all the way down. <laughs> like, I'm listening to myself talk, and I'm, like, trying really hard to go No, ahead. you're good. You're good. Go ahead. Cool. Um... At what point does setting your kid up for like success like actually become like a burden and like just becomes like this is, okay. it's too much? Okay, like, okay. It's only thing like it's like if you don't become what your parents envisioned you to become, then I'm a failure. I think I think that there's a difference, and it's crazy. You said that I was on a run the other day, right? I was I was I was on a run, and you know you run, you you think deeply and everything like that. So I'm on a run, and I'm saying, what's the difference? And I didn't have an answer. What's the difference between expectation and pressure? Can you have expectation without pressure? And is there pressure without expectation? Like, what's the difference between the two and everything like that? And I was really, I mean, I was running for probably like an hour and a half. And I was like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I need to ask some people about this. It's a, it's a really weird balance. Right, because I can feel like you can have expectation without pressure, but you can't have pressure without expectation. Like, in my household, I talked about, like, the five Ps. Proper proper preparation prevents poor performance. If I prepare properly, I will prevent a poor performance. So there was expectation there. Like, we expect you to give 150%. Like, that's, like, not even... We just expect that, but there was no pressure. There was no, you have to get an A, you have to do this, you have to do that. So there was expectation Mm -hmm. without the pressure of, if you're not first, you're last, Ricky Bobby. Right. I I actually love that line, by the way. That's like, it's like, Um, whoa. And I think it also has to become like a a balance of pressure. It's, It's when does no pressure like not get you to where you want? Because think about it. If I'm like, trying to become an amazing athlete and I have no pressure, I'm not going to really get there. Like, when you, when you think yeah. about it, like, like people like Michael Jordan mindset that literally are, like, sickening, like, like, meant, like, actually that could be, like, legitimately a disorder, like, yeah. how bad his yeah. obsession is to win. Yeah. Like, you have that. How could you ever be, a, like, a top-tier athlete then if you don't have pressure? You have to have pressure. It's just, when is that pressure now, like... I say another LeBron burden got, in itself. Yeah, Michael Jordan and the pressure level, also can destroy yeah, the obviously. athlete too. Like, imagine being. But what's the cost of winning? That's uh, think about Michael Jordan. Did you watch the documentary? Like, what's the cost of winning? Think about someone getting lucky, or like you play for Cleveland, your team's alright, but then you go and you get LeBron, and now your team's fucking booted up, like literally booted up, and you're getting rings. Like, guess what? You're not the best player on there, but you're getting the rings. You're getting the paycheck. So maybe he's not the best player on the team, but because he's winning, he's still benefiting from it. So you don't even got to be the best to benefit. And that's like the realest. Oh, shit. Are we just doing one? 
Uh, no, do both. Request me again. Um, I think you have to request me. The way I look at do it like, is kind of like... Yeah. I know what I want to achieve right now in my life. And like I know even if I don't get to the exact spot that like I picture in my head, I know I will at least land somewhere close to that spot because I'm aiming for that goal. So like even if I don't exactly hit that goal... Because I'm planning to hit that goal, I will end up at least somewhere, like, decent. But. But is there pressure <laughs> and expectation associated with that? Like, yeah, Because, again, because we go back to you personally and your dad not being there and you said you wanted to, like, fulfill yourself. And you guys can also hear this on the first episode uh, with Dante. He talks about him in his uh, sophomore year of college and getting back and retuning himself. So, like, how does pressure play into becoming that right so i think pressure is good i think putting pressure on yourself is good it creates cold or diamonds exactly i think like chasing like like running from fear or like chasing fear or running from change and chasing change like change is inevitable change is going to happen so like the person that doesn't like change is always going to be kind of sad his whole mm-hmm. life he's not adapting is, he's like, not adaptable change. you like, have to everything is changing so every second it doesn't stop like it will never ever stop what i'm saying though is with like pressure and like expectation is you need the pressure you need the ex- and you need to have your expectation but you need to because everyone is different you need to understand for yourself when that pressure is becoming a more of a burden than a help because oh, I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. You're yeah. so right. Because, because it's ahead, like pressure is needed if you want to achieve what you want to achieve. Go ahead, but Taylor. once it becomes yeah. detrimental to your like mental health, now you can't even reach that goal no matter how much more pressure you put on. You And everyone has a different balance. Because you're so bogged down with being where you need to be. I ended up taking um, maybe five or six like uh, oh. psychology classes. And because I took those classes, I was like, okay, I want to know more about myself because I was like, okay, I'm bipolar, like maybe I should learn about this. How do I take? Yeah. Yeah. So I was going through it and there was this class I took and it was called positive psychology. And it Mm. was the fact that um, because everyone in psychology is focused on the negative things, the things that drive you crazy, the things that... Pick out or, what's wrong. Exactly. And Analytical like, even how people operate on a regular level and right. how we look at the negatives and we weigh them so much larger than the positives. And that's because these things are like, wow, this hurts me. This goes against the way that I feel and the way that I think, and it hurts. So it's much easier to acknowledge than the things that are good. And in those things, it says that basically if you're not changing and you're, mm-hmm. and you're wanting one mission and that's your goal and you're trying to get it and you're not you will actually trying to chase becoming happy you'll become depressed doing so because you're because not, you're not achieving a hundred percent oh wow so now if you can keep your mind open like dante said and you set a goal okay well you didn't hit that goal maybe you didn't go to the olympics but maybe you broke some records somewhere else and you still need to look at those as accomplishments no even if you didn't get there because maybe if you didn't have that overall view you would have never even shot if you reach for the moon you'll hit the stars exactly that's exactly what it is you train to be an olympian and you end up getting your college paid for as a d1 athlete you 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 succeeded something you succeeded in some Uh, way or another whether that was your goal or not your goal let me say right now i ended up going i loved soccer so much shout out matt millard yeah (laughs) i ended up never actually 
knowing how to play soccer. Like, I didn't get to learn all the professional athletes. I didn't know the plays. Just figure like, this shit out. They'd be like, go to the 18-yard box or something. I'd be like, where the fuck is that? And I'm in college. <laughs> and I don't know where that is. But, but, wait, wait. So you played soccer in college <laughs> bro, and you no didn't idea. know where the 18-yard box was? The thing was, I was actually a freak athlete where, like, I could go run and chase someone down. Like, I kicked someone's tooth out their mouth one time. Like, I was wow. out there sacrificing for the game. Well, I the genetics, my... though. Your dad played, Yo, I mean, NFL. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I and broke your my mom nose. Running, yo, I was that running cannot be day. forgotten. I was every day. I'll never forget, this, forget the story. I was literally at his house, and his wow. mom was telling me a story about how she told him when he was a little kid, if he wasn't running around on that field, she was gonna stop showing up to the game. So wait, think about wait, that as wait. a kid. You're gonna run your ass said, off. If you're not running, I'm not gonna show up to the game. She was gonna waste her time, dude, because she was like, pressure, start killing pressure, it. And pressure. She was like, not expectation, pressure. And I was like, wait. And she'd be like so upset with me, and she'd be like, "I wasted my time." And she doesn't go do sports. She's not a sports lady. Like she went to the NFL games because you got the little box seats, whatever. You were comfortable <laughs> when your man she was, was like, performing. Okay. When I, she was like Taylor, you were the only one like that I really loved to go and watch because you would go out there when I would come, and I'd be like, "Score a goal!" And you would go out and score a goal. And that's your mom. And I would be like, "Yo, I'm out here." Like that's parents your would be mom. like, "Get that kid out of here. He's an animal." And I'd Bro. be like, "I'm doing it for my mama. Like I don't even know who you are. Like you're." <laughs> Kid is on the field, like he better get bopped. But um, I'm sorry if you're on the field with Taylor Williams. It's yo, honestly a danger. Yeah, yo, yeah. Same let me thing just track, let me just though, tune in. Like, if to she was our coming, Instagram. like I had to run, bro. So like I was every time she came, I would PR. It'd be dead ass. Like you, if, you remember like, this? I man? never ran. Like Fucking I didn't do that shit. First year track, first year That's track crazy. shows up to nationals eating and he bro. eats a hot dog before his eight hundred. I ate a pretzel, <laughs> a Mountain Dew, and a Red Bull, and I ended up breaking two in the eight hundred or something. You ran one fifty eight. Yo, I was booling. First, bro. I was like, like first year, bro. I had what? food in That's me, wild. and I didn't throw up or anything. Imagine so then you right. you run for four years straight, and your end of your senior year, you break two. You're a happy person. This man shows you're up like goes, you're like I got somewhere. <laughs> My sophomore so, year. Like that's stupid. Like so that's what actually if you stupid. Start, all right, so let's so let's sort of transition into um track the mindset, Rob Murray. How, what impact did that have on you? Yo, the visualizing that that man did, I've never seen a coach ever do that. Do where you, you sit in a dark room and you visualize where you're you gonna be. Do you remember when he had <gasps> us in the dark room and he brought us through these meditation exercises? Bro, Bro I thought like, he what? said visualize I yourself. I thought running. it was all bullshit. I thought it was all bullshit. And now like, I'm meditating all the time now. And I'm straight up like this man had the fucking key. Like he was literally creating positive Dude, he was teaching us and we didn't while believe we were him. meditating. I didn't believe him. And I was like, what is this clown even doing with me right now? Bro, six years later, I'm like, this man had a fucking key that I, I would, thought was a joke. But, bro, I'd be running, and I'd be visualizing what I was visualizing while I was in that room. And I would be, like, pushing, and I'd be like, you're not tired. Like, wow, we got... It keeps knocking me off. We got, like, over 200 views on that. It keeps knocking me off. Right, it, like, canceled it? my... It canceled it. Why? We're too popular. Why did it stop it? Real talk. Real talk, real talk. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It just uh, knocked us off, guys, but we're still going. Um, Taylor's going to get his live back up. Um, but what were we talking about? Um, Positive visualization. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about Rob Murray and track. Dude, we were talking about Rob Murray and track one time, especially, I think we were going to, um, it was some high-level meet. It might have been, it was before States. 
we were going to states. Everyone was going to run at states. I don't think I ran. Um, I think some other people didn't run, but we went anyways. Um, but no, actually, I think there was some there was some running that some people did. But he had us um, sit in a dark room, right? He had us sit in a dark room, and he had us visualize us winning. He said, it doesn't matter if you're running, if you're not running, whatever you're doing. He said, what you see yourself doing is what you will accomplish. But it was all based on the foundation and the principles that he laid out day in and day out. Yep. And what I tried to explain, especially to my friends in college, it was like, dude, we were running in a cold hallway on New Year's. We weren't running. <laughs> we, we were participating in a cult, legitimately. Like, when you think about, like, the Don't mental- call it. I don't think it was a cult. I love that man. It was. Whoa. Bro, hey, you but is a cult bad? But is a cult That's bad, That's exactly though? what it is. No, it's cult, how you, how cult has a negative it. connotation it's to it. Not, cult has a negative connotation to it. What he had was a good cult. It had created a lot of positivity. It was okay. Everybody. okay. He was stopping, like, priority, like, key assets of children that literally Dude. had nothing else to do because they weren't participating in school. Either they were or they weren't. And they were going and they're doing something productive. Whether or not it got them a scholarship, it get the, got them in better shape, or it kept them mentally. But you well. were focused on one thing every day. We were counting that calories. Like <laughs> well, well, maybe not Taylor, but most people. But most people have slow metabolisms. Is. They were focusing every single day on how do I get better to run around a motherfucking circle. No, but I will say he treated people differently, I feel like. Yeah. Of course. And, be, and that also dictated how That's people leadership. performed. Because That's leadership. Because I knew I wasn't getting in trouble for stuff, but I also knew if I didn't go out there and run my best, like, he would treat me like an out dog. And but I think about that. like this, though. He said, okay, listen, I know Taylor is going to fuck off. Right. I know he's going to fuck off, but he's going to come through and perform. But there's guys like Matt Andrews where I need to tell him he's the best. I need to get in his ass. I need to praise him, but I need to break him down. Do you but remember he's going to perform White. knowing. Shout out to CJ White. Shout out to CJ White. CJ White used to show I, up he in never showed up Jordan and 11s my came, freshman year. He showed up okay. in Jordan 11s, right? And pulled up records. I pulled up. Like springtime. I remember Rob talking to him about never showing up to practice. He's like, I don't care. And he was like, You still make points. It was it was CJ White. It was like Elijah Duffy and a couple other guys. These dudes were so athletically gifted. They'd show up and they'd fucking perform. But Rob didn't say anything. But then he. But then in my mind, I'm like, all right, he'd get on this little scrawny white kid. For not for not doing ab workouts. Like, what are we talking about? I saw him. But it's how you approach leadership. Ruin a person because they were a few minutes late to practice with sunglasses on. And I was just like, this poor child right (laughs) here. I like. I think that's not not me. I've had two coaches in my life that I have. One of them I didn't even like until I was like, holy crap, this coach Owen Finberg. Literally, like, was always on my ass, but he was on my ass because he knew that I was better than I was and that I wasn't Fenberg, trying. Where at? Where at? Uh, at South Kent, he gets coach of the year okay, every South year. Kent, he ended, his he high just school. got it. His private high school. Like, I'm gonna tell you, this guy is like, I used to be like, he's just a Jesusy guy. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't really care. Like, I don't know if he mm-hmm. believes it or not. Bro, he believes it 100%. He would go out there. We'd be helping the community, doing extra, extra shit. Like, as a team, though. And it was a cult. Like, even, like, for South Kent, that soccer team, like, you knew that hockey was the big, big what's a cult, though? A cult is people that come together for a good 
or even what a bad, they interpret as good. Okay, but they're all working with the same thing in mind. So okay. for the team, it wasn't even to win, but it was to destroy the people that you were playing with while also trying to go to college and, and play build, professionally and build yourself and build, and build yourself. And he would do that whether you were playing on the prep team or you were playing on his like varsity premier team or whatever you're playing on. Like he was making players better. And he was doing it, like, if you were late, yo, get the fuck out of here. Like, you're done. Like, he'd be so hard on you. But then he'd turn this side, and you'd be like, wow, I'm getting so much better. And it's because he's actually on me. And with Rob, like, look, yes, did I go to AMP? Did I go and get a soda? Did I get some donuts? Did you catch me at McDonald's one time? Taylor got caught fry. at McDonald's, bro. Or was part of the hacky sack. Uh, <laughs> the hacky sack gang. Meanwhile, we're bleeding in the hallway. Shout out to Rob Cunningham. But, like, at the end of the day, the boy went there. Like, I still have records there. So, do that. Do you think something Bob did you a right. disservice by not put, putting, like, his foot down on you? By not applying well, pressure? He, he knew that it wasn't my main sport. And if I wanted to drop it, I could drop it. Because, like, my, my stepdad went and talked to him. He was like, look, like, soccer's the priority. Like, that's what he's going to get really a scholarship for. He's like, I want him to do this because his friends are doing it. He, um, like, it's really good for him. He's fast, so, like, we can channel, like, some of whatever leftovers in there. And he was like, okay, word, we'll find a place for him. I ended up doing this test, and I was wiping people, like, the when you, like, try to Bro, get on. I remember oh, when I you showed up to the first, like... Like like in you know, Jordans, like, bro. I ran in Jordans. Go, go, go. I literally was like, <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? I like, what is this man doing? And I saw you cooking everyone, and I was like, what the fuck, right, like, bro? What the fuck. I don't know. It was craziness because I was like, I didn't know this man was this fast. <laughs> sometimes I think it's like wasted potential because like, what could I have done with that? But then I'm like, I never want to have kids, but I want to have kids so that I can parent them right, so I could see what they could do. Because like, I knew I wasted mine. But did I really waste it? Because I used it for an education, and I never, like, really wanted to play soccer. But I was like, you know what? Like, if it gets me into college and I don't have to pay that much, I'm going to fucking do that. I got to not play soccer, keep my scholarship, and, like, I had the best four years ever to the point where I can't even remember them. Because, like, I don't even know what happened. <laughs> like, the only reason I remember what's going on is because I have year anniversaries and they'd be showing me what I did on that day. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Those I don't even so remember true. that. Those are so funny. You know what I'm saying? You look back and you're like, oh, that was three years ago. Oh Yo, God. people I love. Shout out to anybody who sends me, uh, like, stuff of me acting up or whatever from stuff that I've just never seen because I like seeing that shit. I'm like, wow, that's unacceptable. Yeah. But I got to go fix my mom's TV on God. It's been so long. She's so mad at you. She I called know. you at like eight o'clock. I know. We've been ripping up this podcast. Like Jay was over here at like seven o'clock. We are on hour three. Oh my god. Oh I had to pee. You guys are sink behind the scenes. Um Wow. Taylor's about to log off. It's about to log off. Yo, All for right. Everyone listening. Mom's, uh, for everyone listening right now. TV, but I'm not a combat. If you're into meditation, look up Wim Hof. Bro. Do yourself a service. Bro, 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 I love bro, this, bro. by the way. Where did you get this? Um, I mean, Best Buy, bro. Like two years ago. This? This Apple. Yeah. That's a man nice case. Leather, I Apple. really like this. It it, it's so simple, yet so like... I just bought the keyboard. For the iPad? Um, yes, it's like a computer keyboard. Guys. And it has like the computer... It has this on it. Oh, so the trackpad, like, yeah. Like a fucking computer, bro. And I'm so excited to do vision shit on there. Bro, uh, I'm so excited. I was like, I asked this kid, he was like, I, he, I can get you whatever you need. I was like, can you get me AirPod Pros with my name on them? 
And he was like, yeah, like, what name do you want? And I was like, Girth. And I just put in uh-huh. Girth in all caps. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Real quick, before you go, can you talk if about you your Girth? Wait, 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 wait. Before you go, can you talk about your Girth quick page real quick? Yo, all right. So, basically, I was like, I want to do something... Because St. Lawrence, like, you never really want to feel like you leave there. And I was like, okay, I have this account, and I just post me and all my friends just completely bowling. And I had been doing it since, like, maybe freshman year. And I've just been kind of slowly growing, like, a fan base, consumer base. And I have, like, almost 3,000 followers, maybe. Like, it always changes because I always unfollow people that I don't think should be on there. And it always fluctuates. But, um... It's basically just a conglomeration of all my friends just having a good time and, like, living carefree. And we're going to actually... I wanted to shut it down because I was like, I don't think I should be, like, promoting this if I'm going and doing my stuff. But instead, since the year's over and I ended up getting a job before I go and... Or getting an opportunity to get a job or something like that. I don't even know. But I'm going to just delete all the videos of me and keep everyone else up and basically sell merchandise on the stuff and kind of keep that St. Lawrence cult alive. Shout out Girthquake. So Girthquake shout out Girthquake Chronicles. Girthquake um, Chronicles on Instagram. Yeah, dude. Like, it's just a, it's just mad ridiculous and you're like, wait, it's this insane, is where... dude. Like, the smartest people in the world I've recorded on there just doing some stupid shenanigans. And I'm like, how can you... And you know what? You did... I want to touch back on when you were like, you need to, like, prepare to do well yeah. because I know a few people that don't give a shit and they just pull up and they do well and those people bother me those, so those much those are some people like that L- yeah. Yeah, like literally don't have to study for a test that I'd study for and like I wouldn't even get half the grade they're getting when they just pull up and then think about it though <laughs> but think about if they prepared no but they're doing fine like they're getting yeah. 90s though like yeah like those, pe- fu- I'm those saying, people are doing well but think about if they prepared I mean, what like a, would they accomplish? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, but I'm just like they there's always going to be so the much, people that are going to fly by. But these people would party harder than I would, though. Is the thing, and then they'd pull up and they'd be like, "Yo, I'm Dean's List," and I'm like, "What?" I was like, "What is your major?" And they'd be like, "Computer Science," and like, "Bridge the Higher Math." There's some bullshit. <laughs> I'm like, "I'm like, like yo, I drowned on that bridge." Right? Like, yeah. I'll okay. be back. I'll be back. Okay, so we're gonna. We're going to stop that there. I'm going to continue with Dante. Taylor steps away for a quick second, and I do a little segment with Dante where I rattle some stuff off. Uh, Taylor will enter. Um, I'm going to continue with Dante a little bit. Um, Dante, I just want to rattle off some stuff with you. Um, Let's do it. All right, so these are some quick hitters, all right? So give me the first thing that comes to your mind when when I say this, okay? Yes. Let's do it. Are you ready? I am very ready. Okay. Religion? Good. Black? Great. White? Good. Trump? Good. Your mother? Great. Girls? Hot. Love? Beautiful. Future? Interesting. The universe? Big. A life after death? Potential. Is there a God? Yes. What does success look like to you? A big smile. Okay, let's pause there. Okay. Oh, I'm not going to lie. When you said black, I was like, is he fucking with me right now? No, like, no. <laughs> I was like, where, where is this going? I know, I know, I know. Um, I know. My mom fixed it. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, she fixed it. All right, so Taylor's back. I mean, this is great. Um, 
So I want to go off of, um, give me a word that describes you. That describes me? Yeah. I would say optimistic. Optimistic? Okay. Why? Well, why? Well, we know from the first conversations that um, you sort of retooled yourself. You got back to in, into who you were through meditation, um, physical jujitsu, all that. So, mm-hmm. um, why though? Like, dig a little deeper on that. Why so I chose like, like optimistic as the word to describe me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I just feel like. Especially in our culture right now, there's a lot of negativity. Like, and there's just a lot of people that want to see negativity from other people, and they get joy from it. And then there's also the people that don't know how to find positivity, and it's very, it's very habitual to to be in either a positive or negative mindset. Like whatever uh-huh. mindset you're in. It, it's habit forming. If you're a very positive person, it's a habit form. If you're a negative person, it's a habit. Um, I say I'm optimistic just because of the way I feel like I've already dealt with a lot of stupid shit in my life. <laughs> in my perspective, I look at a lot of things. I'm like, yeah, that sucked. I don't know how to deal with it. And right now, when I look at like my life and like my future, I feel like from all the the things I had to deal with in my past, nothing can be that negative. Like, when I think about, like, things I have to worry about right now, it's kind of, like, inevitable things. Like, the thing that bothers okay. me the most is, like, thinking about my parents dying. Like, uh, Ooh, ooh, okay. So, with that, um, are you holding on to something that you need to let go of, do you think? Like, in terms of being fearful or... No. Uh, I think I, like, I did. Is, I, there, is there anything that you hold on to that you're like, okay... Like, you know, like when you think down deep inside and you're laying in bed and you're like, I really need to let that shit go. Like, like there's some stuff for me that's like past relationships or yeah. you know, maybe some insecurities. I'm like, all right, I need to let that go so I could be 100% of myself. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's always like things that kind of come back from my past where I'm just like, mm, I don't like that. Like, but I okay. feel like there's. I've reached the point where it doesn't negatively affect me anymore. Like, I kind of register it. Like, mm-hmm. if a thought pops up or if I'm laying in bed and, like, something shitty enters my mind, I, like, register it. But at the same time, I'm not, like, dwelling over it anymore. I'm just, like, I, I feel like I'm proud of who I am right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe if I didn't have that negative experience, I wouldn't be the person I'm proud to be right now. Ooh. So it's kind of like, yeah, that might have sucked. So everything connects. Yeah, it's kind of like that might have sucked or that might have been good. So everything connects and through your meditation, through your growing, through your yoga, through your everything, you're saying everything connects into being optimistic. Yeah, because it's kind of like I've already seen so much shit that was so negative where it was like... It can't get any worse than this. No, it absolutely can. It can get worse than this. I can get cancer. There could be terrible things coming for my future. But enjoy what you're having now. I feel like right now, everything's cool. If I just portray that into, like, <laughs> my being, like, yeah. things will be as cool as they, as they let them be cool. Like, shit is going to happen. Like, okay. it's, like, my mom's tumor, like, last year. Like, that shit just popped out of nowhere. Like, okay. and it's like... So, 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 with your mom's tumor, I remember we were um, chilling in the car one day. I don't know you remember this. Yeah. We're at, we're at Westlake, mm-hmm. and you lit up the bowl. You were smoking, and you really got deep, and... I mean, you really dove deep into um, your 
your change of perspective on God and what is out there. Because before, let me just give you uh, the audience a little recap. Because before you were saying, um, I don't think God is real. You know, and you're sort of like on like sort of like an atheist track. Yeah. But after your, I believe it was your DMT trip or mushrooms or something like that, and then <laughs> coupled with your mom's tumor, you said, Oh no, I know there has to be a higher power because one, it saved her. Two, it connected with me. And then, you know, you you really try to change your disposition on that. So can you like kind of expound on that? Yeah. Um, not to just disregard what you just said. Yeah. Um, but I was, I would say I was either agnostic or atheist from the time. Like I never really went to church a lot growing up as a kid, even though I grew up in like what could be considered a Christian or Catholic household. Um, so. About, like, I think sixth grade it was, I was like, I don't believe in God. Like, I don't, I just don't think he exists. Like, this is just what it is. Like, Why not? Oh, wait, so, so this was sixth grade. This was before everything really happened to you. Yeah. You're and just a kid, and you're like, I really don't see the value in any of that. Yeah, I was just like, this is what it is. Like, there's no heaven, hell, there's no this, there's no okay. that. Like, this is just earth, like, and I'm here, and then I'm not going to be here. I felt um, that when they were like, you got to buy your way in. I don't like that. Like buy your way in. Oh, way you back. Buy your in way the, in. Okay. When they I don't were like that. when they were selling uh, when they were selling access to heaven way back. Yeah. In the day. Okay. You got buy your way in. Even when that they was definitely kind of a jump though. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let me let me finish yeah, what yeah. I was saying go, though. Go ahead. So Dante. when so that that was I was very like agnostic or atheist I would say um, all the way until about sophomore year of uh, college, and I. I just remember, like, I wasn't smoking, I wasn't, like, taking any psychedelics, and mm. I was just, walk. I was doing a lot of walks in nature, I was running a lot in nature, I was walking a lot of na- in nature, and the way I was seeing, like, how everything is so important to something else in, like, the ecosystem sense, like, from just, like, from what we can see outside, from, like, the trees, like, down to, like, the soil, and, like, things eat up, and... Everything connects. Everything connects. Like, okay. that was a really bad way of explaining it, but, like, everything no, I connects. And then, like, you, we can't even, like, fathom the things that are connecting outside of our, like, atmosphere. Like, think about the things that are connecting that are going on out there that we have no clue. Because it's probably the same thing as we see with, like, trees and clouds and rain and all that stuff. It's all connecting somehow. That's why I think God is math. But... So wait, wait, okay, okay, but I want you to qualify that statement when you say God is math. Math yeah. in what way? Is this based off you taking like mushrooms or like no. math in terms of how it adds up, like it, arithmetic, like you know, like yeah, natural arithmetic. Like yeah. what do you mean? Like everything. God is just math. like like, like one plus C. Like physics? Okay. it's just like if if I throw that lighter, like you can calculate based off like the amount of force I'm putting into throwing that lighter and then the gravitational pull and then, like, how fast the Earth is spinning. Like, you, if you can calculate everything, before I even throw that lighter, you know exactly where you can put it. Like, and you could do that about anything. Like, if I punched you in the face, <laughs> like, you could see, like, how much damage I can do based off of, like, how much force I'm putting into it, how much your bone structure can, uh, like, withstand. So, like, through the lens of science, if it doesn't add up, it's not real. Exactly. There's, and so, that, I so think, that's how you look at God? I think that there's just an answer for everything, even if we don't understand it. I think we have an issue right now as humans because we are very advanced that we think we know everything when we really still don't know shit. I, I think there's so many things that we kind of know, but God don't truly know. Miracles, 
Huh? So like stuff that just can't be explained. <laughs> but I think I think miracles are just like to me like odds. Like so, somebody's wait, wait, gonna wait, wait, hit wait, the wait, lottery. So you're saying that miracle is odds. So like one out of a hundred percent chance that you're gonna recover from this cancer or trauma or tumor. Like there was no extraterrestrial force or like God that just has some sort of supernatural effect that you can't even explain. But the thing is, they say that believing in a God makes you have that mindset that yes. you are going to get better and you're being yes. more positive and you're doing things that are so your odds are better. Yeah. So your odds are better. That's what I'm. That's so what I'm saying. Also, like, bring up that guy you were talking about. What's his name? That can like that he does those. those things. What's his name? Wim Hof. W i n w i m space h o f. If anyone's listening right now, to go look up Wim Hof. That dude is actually like the second coming. Like he's not real. So um, okay, so on Wim Hof it says the Wim Hof method. Yeah, that's the type of meditation I do. WimHofMethod.com. This is type of the meditation that Dante gets into. Um, uh, if you go to his website um, and you click on the method and about the Iceman. It says, I'm just going to give you guys a little uh, paragraph about him. It says, Wim Hof got his nickname the Iceman by breaking a number of records related to cold exposure. His feats, including climbing Mount uh, Kilimanjaro in shorts, running a half marathon above the Arctic Circle on his bare feet, and standing in a container well covered with ice cubes for more than 122 minutes. Having embraced the majestic force of nature, Wim resolved to share his discovery with the rest of the world. He is convinced that everyone can tap into the potential without having to invest the same decade's worth of study. Hmm. Traveling and daring. And so he developed the Wim Hof Method, a natural path to an optimal state of body and mind. So you're saying, Dante, that this is what you follow. You follow the Wim Hof Method, the method of a natural path to an optimal state of of body and mind. And it yeah. works. Like, I'm going to tell you, we go on okay. runs. Here, come. Like, we okay, go on wow. runs. And the thing is, my body's never ready to go on, like, an eight-mile run or anything. Dude, dude, you'll never be ready to go on an eight-mile run. Well, my body be getting ready. It's just like the thing. It's all up here, dude. And oh, when yeah. I start feeling it, I'm like, breathe so deep. And I was like, do what Dante said, like, Basically, like, oxygenate your brain so much, just take in so much, and then, like, relax, calm down, and, like, focus on where you want it to go. I was able to finish my run, and I, like, didn't die the next day, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I just breathed, and this is patterned in my brain. And this is opposed to just waking up and just going for a run. I just go for the run, but I, like, sat in the shower, and I was like, I'm going to go on a run today. And I visualized the run, and I was like, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? How am I going to feel when I get there? And I prepared for it. So when you were saying the prepare... And Proper all preparation your prevents poor performance, five Ps. Exactly. That's like one of the, Like, it was preparing for something that I knew was going to be kind of hard. But because I visualized it, I took it strategic. Hmm. And I was able to complete it. And I was like, oh my God, like, does that really mean that I'm my biggest enemy? Because if I really want to succeed, I can push myself these extra, like, whatevers. And I'm like, holy crap, am I like... In charge. Did, did like, I, do I have that? Did I that feed power? that off to you? Yes, bro. And that's wow. why I've been thinking about shit differently, bro. Like I really <laughs> have. It's I'm so me. happy. I'm so happy. No, dude, this guy. The Wim Hof he, method. You want to win? You want to win in life? H-O-F. Look this guy up. No joke. He started this method because his wife committed suicide, and he left. She left him with like four kids, and he was like, "I need to figure out a way where I can't let this happen." So like my kids, like I can't let them go on like without knowing like how to like 
create a better life for themselves. And he felt that there was natural ways to get chemicals flowing in our brain that we don't really use anymore because we're uh-huh. living in such a comfortable lifestyle. This man, he taught... So people thought he was just a... Um, a what's poop. it called? Like, what? So let me just give you they, the they wiki he, about him, though, real quick. Just real quick. Okay. It says, Wim Hof, born uh, April 20th, 1959, also known as the Iceman, is a Dutch extreme athlete noted for his ability to withstand freezing temperatures. Um, he has set Guinness Book of World Records, blah, 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 blah. Um, it talks about his records, the Wim Hof Method, as we talked about a little bit before. Um, markets a regimen, the Wim Hof Method, WHM, created alongside his son and Hem Hof. The method involves three pillars, cold therapy, breathing, and meditation. This is a lot of what you guys were talking about. Yeah. Um, the cold breathing, the meditation, and... Um, the cold breathing, the the cold therapy, the breathing and the meditation. And you're saying that that's what propels the mindset of basically let me just go and do it. Yeah, it's like when I do this, nothing bothers me. It's like in the sense of like, okay. like anything wow. I think that ha- I have a problem with, like oh I need to do this, 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 isn't it today? And I'm like oh my god, like I got all this stuff done. I'll do my meditation. I'll be like all right, let's bang it out. And it's like nothing can bother me. Oh, this person's trying to stress me out right now. It's like okay, I can just breathe through it. And it's like. It's like I just put myself back in check like that. Like something – like normally like when I hear like stupid, stupid shit, my blood starts boiling. Like I can't stand hearing people like talk ignorant stuff. Like it actually <laughs> peaks me out. But, it's but, so true. Okay. But breathing wow. through it literally snaps me right back and I'm like, I don't really care. Like I'm cool. And this dude, they thought he was like – he had like, um, uh, a, like a genetic – Mutation. Di- mutation that was, made him so like incredible uh, uh, about doing okay. these things. Tell like, about the people that he helped. Him yeah, because he ran he ran a whole marathon in like the one of the hottest deserts without any water. Like he's doing like on human oh, like wow. things that people don't think is, is possible. And they're like, okay, well you probably just have a genetic mutation. And so he took twelve people and he taught them like his method. And he goes, well, I'm gonna get them to hike uh, Mount Everest. And the scientists like, don't do it because he grabbed it. I think. Don't quote shorts. me on this. Don't quote me on this. Shorts. I think it's 20 to like 70. A group of, of people from 20 years old to 70 years old. You can look exactly up the age okay, uh, group. Yeah. And he was like, I'm going to get them all to hike Mount Everest. And scientists were like, don't do this. You're going to kill these people. And he's like, I'm going to get them to do it using my method. Well, because that's what it talks about, the science investigations. Even if you just go straight to the wiki, guys, it says the resistance to cold, immune system suppression, um, like... There's some science behind this stuff. Yeah. No, he, so he tested, like, all of his stuff he gets tested now for because he wants to bring this to, the, like, the science field. I could see Big Farmer, like, popping this man because it's real talk. Really? Like, like wow. everything he's that he books, does, it's for, guys. like... He's got books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so he took these people up to Mount Everest, and he goes, I'm going to get them to do it in three days, actually. And they're like, you're fucking nuts. You're actually going to kill them all. He got all the people that use his method to the top of Mount Everest in two days. No way. Yeah. Easily. Based off of his method, you're yeah. saying? I don't know how long he trained them, but um, it couldn't have been that long. Like, it, I know it wasn't multiple years. Wow. That's, that's a lot. Again, guys, that's the Wim Hof method. Um, he just dropped another bomb. Um, wow. Are One more comment that? on this. Yeah, go ahead. They injected this man with E. coli, and he meditated his body to kill it. He just what? He told his immune system to take out its third level of defense, pulling shit out of its bone marrow 
to attack the E. coli and neutralize it. All and, based off his method. Yep. And they got other people to do it. Everyone got infected with E. coli. And then he got other people using his method to go, get tested and doing it. And they killed the E. coli as well. This shit is actually like... It, he's like, I want to do this for people with anxiety. I want to do this for people with depression. I want to... Like, he goes, this is all coming back to like things that we don't naturally... Um, like stimulate our brain in the ways that we evolutionize to. Yummy. Wow. Okay. So switching gears a little bit, and I really want to um, just get into a little bit of, I won't say lighter stuff, but um, I mean, as we're sort of coming to the end of this, um, we've been going for a while, um, but we could keep going. I mean, I'm just going to chop this up. Like yeah, we're, we're we, going good. I, I um, got a lot more to say. Yeah, I know. Um, is there anything you want to talk about? I just have a quick question, um, if, you want, if you allow me to. Yeah, please. Um, it says, uh, what would you do differently if you knew nobody would judge you? This could be over the course of your life, uh, right now, but what would you do differently if you knew no one would judge you? Taylor, you could also chime in on this, too, if you want. But then, then again, Taylor probably just does everything. The way he always does it. So, I mean. <laughs> Dante's thinking deep on that one. I am. Um, yeah, so that's what why is it's pretty silent. All right. So, the question is, what would you do differently if you knew nobody would judge you? I honestly do everything I want to do and I don't care what other people think. Because I know that in this world, people will judge you no matter what you do. Boom, bitch. Be- there will always be yeah. people that are behind you to support me. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes a lot to my story before. Like, even for me to, like, sit here and be like, okay, like, yes, I'm a black, like, bisexual man. Like, that doesn't go well over with a lot of people. And okay. for me to be able to, like, accept myself, I had to let the people... Like, I had to first accept myself, but then I had to, like, have the people around me that support me accept myself. Ooh. And as soon as they did that, I was instantly like, wow. The people closest to me know me and they love me. And, like, the first thing I ever told was, like, my dog. And because I told my dog and he never treated me any different, like, my literal dog that couldn't talk, I was like... So, you, so, so you're saying that you said to your dog, hey, listen, I'm a bisexual, biracial, bipolar man, and this is who I am, and I accept it. Will you accept me? And so like, you're yeah. saying by being able to tell your dog that something that's, that's actually an animate... Uh, it's animate... Yeah, it's an animate object, but it can't say anything back to you. Did that give you some sort of relief it in did. terms of acceptance it and instantly, like just getting it out there? Because I had never heard myself say it out loud. Because I always but keep things in felt. my head, but yeah. when I heard it out loud, it sounded more a lot less scary than it did inside of my head. And then to have something else like look at me and like be able to just not treat me differently every day. Mm-hmm. Like, it literally didn't matter if I literally had, like, a bone sticking out of my head or, like, a horn. Your dog's going to love you. Yeah, like, and Ooh. that was so unconditional. I was like, if any of my people treat me differently or any differently than my dog, then those people don't care about me. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like, if I have something that doesn't affect you in any way, like, why can't you just be happy for me and accept me? So how did that translate in terms of, like, your friends, your family, and their acceptance like- and... Like how, like, how do you approach that? That's very me, heavy. Yeah, for me, it was it like, be. I needed to talk, like, I took called Dante, and I was, like, really upset about it. Dante was one of the first people I called when I, like, found, like kind of thought I was bipolar, and I was, like, upset mm-hmm. about it. And he was just, like, he kind of walked me through, and he's like, this isn't really, like, that big of a deal. Like, it's not. And I was like, <laughs> dude, like, are you kidding me? Like, I just found this, and he was like, you kind of knew there was something wrong. Like, 
you're just like not like a normal human being. Like yo, whatever yo, normal. Yo, one time, to and I don't, I don't know if Taylor remembers that we were in Jake's car. Oh no! He <laughs> you knows what I'm about to say. We were in. It's about to get real. We were in Jake's car, and we're going up to Kent Falls. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and we're going up to Kent Falls. We're going to like cliff dive and stuff. This is in high school. Bro, I mean, like the, after the like training, bro. Yeah, my Crocs got lost. Whole long story, but it's quite a few of us. There's some girls in the car. We're all Daniel chilling. Herman. And Daniel, Daniel and Herman. Shannon. Shannon's in the car. And Chris Margus and, and Chris. Yeah, he was in the cast. He was there. He was there, and he gets he gets in, and Taylor gets butt naked in the front seat. Yeah. And in that moment, I said, "All right, I've known this guy for a couple of years. He's wild." But I think the craziest part. I wasn't taken aback at anything that was happening. Right. I wasn't like, what's, right? what's going on? It's just like, okay, he's just having a moment. But then when you connect the dots and you get older and you say, oh, my dude's bipolar. This is just what he just, he's just yeah, like, I don't like, give like, fuck. <laughs> like, like not saying that the bipolar part is like the major thing. It's just, this is just another part of him. This yeah. just gets him a little bit more and, spice. And what yeah. I, I want to so when he called That's me really and said it. that, I was just kind of like, yo, but like you're Taylor. Like, so what? When you like, said that, I was uh, like, oh my God. Because that's really crying. how it is. Because I it's like, crying. I didn't want you to think like, oh, I'm bipolar now. Like, this is something that I have, like, that I need to, like, solve. Like, it's like, what do you mean you got to solve? Like, you, there's nothing to solve. This is just your personality. And, like, yeah. I think there's a lot of things in our, like, right now where people put a label on things. And don't yeah. get me wrong. People, I know, like, Kevin, my my housemate, he was really bad, um, has a really bad bipolar issue. Oh, and okay. like, so he's not, and he has a mental health your, podcast, and he, he talks does. all about shout that out, stuff. Shout, shout out, out to shout Kevin, Kevin Meiselman, Kevin Meiselman, uh, the um, Kevin Meiselman podcast. Big ups, Kevin, yeah, God bless him. And Thanks but, like, hmm? when, um, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, we're, we're listening. Um, when K- Taylor told me that, I was like, dude, like. This doesn't take anything away from who you are. This is just who you've been the whole time. Like just because there's a name to it now doesn't change anything else. Like I I mean I I love this man because he's crazy. Like <laughs> like yeah. it, it, like Taylor and I have been boys for like what 9 years at this point Too now. Long. Like you, I, if I didn't know he was crazy by oh, now. Yeah, cuz like, oh, yeah, cuz cuz you met him your freshman year in high school. I think eighth grade, right? Or yeah. eighth grade. Was so, it eighth grade? So ten years. Nine, then, ten, eleven, twelve. And then I met you guys when you guys were sophomores, so eight years. So we're all right here. Yeah. So we're all right here. We're all super connected. Wow. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Okay. Go, going back to um, what I would do different if people didn't judge me. I was thinking about that for so long because I was think deep dive into my past. Mm-hmm. Because like the past few years... I don't really, I don't give a shit what people think, yeah. like, legitimately. Like, if, if you're not in my inner circle, like, then it doesn't really matter. Because if you're in my inner circle, then whether you have something positive or negative to say, I, it's important what you have to say to me. So it's like, I will create whatever action I make. If you have a negative, like, comment about it, it's cool to tell me. Like, I want you to say, like, yo, Dante, why the fuck did you do this? Like, like if you say that to me... I'm like, oh, like, my boy cares about me. Like, and it's like, but if you're not in that inner circle, like, why does it matter? Because it's like, I, I associate so with people. So their opinions don't even matter. It's like, I associate with people that, like, 
I like aspire to like I look up to and like I associate with my pe- with people that are like like minded with me and like good people and like people I know that like I could see myself like in the future with like and I think that if when it comes outside of that circle when you start associating your ideas on yourself with people, people that yeah. don't associate in your inner they circle they don't have the same ideals the same goals the same energy right because super, you're super someone, big on energy if someone calls me out in my inner circle I'm super cool with that I want to know like their opinion whether because I agree you know it's honest and it's but genuine it exactly more. it's not from someone who doesn't know me it's from someone who like either has studied me observed me and knows like what that could exactly. actually do long term so it's like if you're not in that inner circle that opinion doesn't really matter that much even if you're saying something so great to me like even if you're like dude like this is amazing like blah, blah 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 like don't get me wrong like i would be super appreciative of, of, of that but it still wouldn't mean the same if like you told me that you were completely amazed by something i did yeah because it's like you it's, you've seen me grow it's you the know value. who i am as yeah, a person like yeah. you know my perspectives on as, things as capable of things i know you are i am incapable of knowing like what you're capable of because okay. it's insane yeah, because yeah. like if someone looks at you and they're going to put you in a box and say, this is what you're capable of, they don't know you because I know you and I know to not, that I know that I'm not going to be able to be like, oh, this is what he's going to do in 10 years because you can do whatever you want to do. And I think you've realized that because I've never seen somebody in a sense similar to Jay where like you're doing investments here, you're doing a club here, you're getting an internship here. Like you're always shuffling the deck and I'm like, oh my God, like. Just from knowing you, I know I need to be shuffling my mm. deck. So not only are you doing everything you have to do, but it's making me feel like, oh, fuck, okay, well, now I need to get a jump start on because, like, iron there's no way to iron. Like, yeah. yeah, dude. And I feel like I always say, and we always say real recognizes real. So yep. even if someone's not in our circle and they're still doing things, they have different morals, but they're still getting the, the hitting those bells that they want to and reaching their goals – we acknowledge that. And yeah. we're like, I would love to work with you. I would love to like yeah. see what you do. And we're never saying like, look, we can't learn from people that are not doing the same things as us. But it's just so much easier that it comes from like within, you know, it's like within the hive. Yeah. If I go and see you doing something, I'm way more to be like, oh, wow, Jay's going out doing the podcast. That's something I want to be a part of because I know that he's going to put so much into it. So I have no problem sacrificing my own time because I'm going to benefit from it most likely. And yeah, I did. Taylor's my Eddie Bravo and Dante <laughs> is my Brian Callen. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So um, definitely going off of, we talked about love, we talked about acceptance, we talked about passion, motivation. Um, so I got, I got two questions, but the first one is, what is your definition of love? Okay, and then the other one is, what's your thoughts on just sort of wrap up the mental health thing, uh, your thoughts on mental health? So maybe we could tackle your thoughts on mental health first and then go to what is your definition? For love, love? though, I do just want to say unconditional weakness. Like you are... So vulnerability. A hundred percent. And like when you say you love someone unconditionally, like unfortunately, the more love you have for someone, the less likely you are to see their flaws. And you tell yourself... Oh, no, 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 it's good. It'll get better. It'll get better because you're so in love. And then you see as people tend to fall out of love for actions or behaviors of what of any kind, you kind of see more of the ugliness and you make that ugly real and you believe into it more. And instead of looking for love, you look for reasons to fight against love. So I feel like love is a chemical that's like as much as it's beneficial to a human being, it could be equally as toxic. Like it's a medication that can go both ways and it can expire real quick. 
and it also can have a shelf life of as long as it needs to to like do its job. But I think love, oh god, is commonly misinterpreted misinterpreted with um. So what? So so what's your definition of love? So if I had to say, love <laughs> love encompasses X for Taylor, whether it be vulnerability, whether it be sacrifice, whether it be whatever. What does it encompass for Taylor? And then I'm going to come back to Dante and get him too. For me, I feel like it's just selfishness. Like, if I have to love someone, I can't be selfish in those in so, so, So then you, by that, you have to be selfless? Yes. So, all right. So selflessness, you talked about vulnerability. All right, Dante, what are you thinking about? Yeah. You have to be very... I feel like... That's very hard. I think love is like... It, I mean, it starts off with a chemical reaction, which, like, is kind of just, like, affection and, like... Your natural, like, oh... So you think that love is just a chemical? No, 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 no. no. I think it starts with a chemical, like, attraction and um, just just wanting to be with a person, whether it's based off of their looks or their personalities. Mm. I think... So, that's what starts. so at first that physical that's what attraction... Is the, is the chemical reaction. Is that's what it starts. But Are you love... with a female or what do you mean? Like you, like someone like someone who you're physically attracted on to on a cellular level. Or a mel- okay, on a cellular level, I think he's talking about like it starts where you, you see someone and you're like, wow, that, yeah, that person kind of, striking, and, and it's like you're striked by like how they look, and like when you start talking to them, you're like, well, we have a lot of similarities, Wait, and it's just like key? a bunch of chemical reactions. Okay, you're right, and I feel like for me, every single person I meet is a potential candidate to like generally fall in love for, or like to be with. Okay. So. When I do oh, see wow. people, I have to treat people very differently based off who they are. And I know you say that, like, you're supposed to do that and adapt to situations. But, mm-hmm. like, if I'm talking to a dude that I like, I'm like, okay, well, I want him to see the best part of me. But I also want every girl to see the best part of me as well. So it's like... So it's much different well, for you it's much yeah. different. because of how you yeah. identify sexually. Yeah. 100%. Opposed to someone who's heterosexual. Yeah, it's it's like, a whole different game. It's that like, makes well, a lot of sense. you know what I mean? So... Everyone I meet is a possible contender, so I have to, like, constantly be, like, on my shit. And if I'm not, then I'm, like, all right, well, fuck it. Like, you ugly anyways. Like, I got to have that built-in, like, wait, it's not me, it's you. So, like, I'm going to just keep doing me. Um, But, yeah, so I think it starts with chemical reactions. But then I think it takes, like, it's willpower and selflessness because it's, like, you're not just like if it's true love, like you're not just living for yourself anymore. Like you're living for like another person. You become and, weak, bro. But you have to think about it this way, like like as we just said, like maybe like a half hour ago, it's like everything in the universe changes. So like the person that you might love for like a year or two years might not be the same person five, the six, best seven of all years. Time at the time though. Ass. It's like Shout out people change. And it's Shout like out so if it's true love even though people change, you have to be committed to like okay, understanding so me, that there's change coming and that you ooh. still will love this person based off of what so you it, met them so as and it's you fluid. work towards it. So I it's, feel like it's fluid. One of the reasons why I never left my like girlfriend was because like she understood and she knew and like she didn't judge me. So I was like, where else would I find someone that would just not judge me? Let me do what I want. And for that, I liked I like that aspect of it. There were other things that I would change, but just being like accepted and not having to like hide who I was was a big thing and being like, okay, like this can definitely fly. This can flow. So what do you think about this? Well, after I say this, I'm going to read different types of love, but first I'm going to say this. My friend Niles, shout out Niles, pick up Niles. Niles said that I thought that love was tolerance. Wow. But, but and then I realized that's not it at all. 
if I can just tolerate you, that doesn't mean I, le- I love you. Yeah, I was about to say, I didn't really like that definition. Yeah, what do you guys think about that? Because what I think about that is I connect it back to high school or other stuff like this where we're like, okay, well, I tolerate this girl or for in Taylor's case, I tolerate this boy or whatever. And it's like, okay, I tolerate you in my space, but do I love you? Like, what's the difference between tolerating you and you do stuff for me? I feel like when you mm-hmm. really love a person, it's like you really realize um, relative time. It's like, and it's crazy. Like, if you want to talk about time relevance and like break it down to like a kindergartner, putting your Straight hand up. on a stove for and holding it for a minute—that's hot. It's hard. <laughs> Hanging out with someone you really love for one minute is a, is nothing. It's That's a quarter of a second. Ever, so it, right. it goes like this. But you put that hand on the stove, it feels like ten days. You can't hold your hand on that stove for an, a, a fucking minute. I feel like. And it's like, yeah. I, I think when you're in love and like you really love the person you're with, like you can be with them for a whole day and it just goes by in a flash. Like it's just, yeah. it's, it's not tolerance. I think it's more of um, mutual and like for love to be love, you, it needs to be mutual. It needs to Absolutely. be equal because if you have someone that will run a mile for you, why would you not want to run two for them? And why would that person not want to run four for you? You can never have someone that wants to run that wants to run with you but isn't willing to run for you and run with you. If they're going to part off in the other direction, then, okay, well, I loved you, but I loved you then, and you were good for me then. But that doesn't mean that you're good for me now. So you think always... that you can outgrow relationships and, and love and but, circumstances? Yeah. But those memories and those loves, you, you keep those. With you, and yeah. those will... That's... If you, to be able to love, you need to have experiences because you need to know how to love and you need to be able to watch out for certain things and certain signs of like the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which like is Ooh, essentially. Explain that. That's a good so one. the four horsemen of the apocalypse are basically four. Can you Google it? Cause I want to get it right. Yeah, I guess but you. there's, there's four different things to look out in every relationship. And one of them is like defensiveness. So if you have someone that is constantly defensive with you, that's a sign that it's not going to work out. Um, wow, 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 wow. That's big. Wow. And and these are the horsemen of the apocalypse because when they come and there's four of them, your relationship is essentially over, but you have these things that I want to like, what does it say? Like exactly what the four are, because there are four main ones and it's slipping my mind. But, um, well, I'm looking it up right now, um, and it talks about it like in Christianity. Um, it's a lot about symbolism with Christ. Um, but you're talking about in terms of love. Yeah, do the four four horsemen. I think I know what you're talking about. I don't know if it's the four horsemen of love. I know what you're talking about, but I don't think it's the four horsemen. I think it's called something else. Okay, it, it, says, so, it, says, um, it says, Gotham dubbed these themes the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They are criticism, defensiveness, yeah. contempt, and stonewalling. Yes, While bro. most relationships will have some of these, healthy relationships don't use them nearly as yes. often and do more to repair them when they are used. Yes, so like those so are... A lot of that is, is acknowledging 100%. when it's happening. Yes. Because saying, I'm going to heal through this with you. Why is it happening? Tracking the pathology of why do you feel like this? Why are you defensive? Why are 100%. you critical? And that's why like, when I see people okay. that are like, I want, it, I want to do therapy. Okay, well, that's great. Okay. If you wow. have one person wow. that wow. wants to go to therapy, they want to make that improvement. They want to see that change. But you need to have both parties. You can't just go and tell your kid, you're going to therapy. 
and think that there's going to be a change. That kid needs to want to see that change so that they can take whatever energy they have and make it into a positive. You can't just force it on somebody. So when you have a relationship, you need to have two people that are running this race at the same pace at the same time and they're on the same level. Whether that's communication, goals, or anything that it is, there needs to be clarity. And if you can't communicate how you feel, even when it comes to sexual things in the bedroom, how are you supposed to communicate when you don't need to use words or when you don't need to use your body, but you need to use words? And that's why I think... Yeah, if the sex is great, okay, great. Then you guys have great sex, but that doesn't mean that you should be a relate in a relationship because you do. Because yeah. when it comes time to words, you don't have the words. You don't have that relationship to fall back on. So when you keep hooking up and you don't talk about what's the actual issue is, you're not going to see a change. And you need to fully understand that your relationship may be one thing one day and it may change the other day. And just like Dante said, if you're not adjusting to those certain changes, then you're actually fighting the cause on the other side and you're not going to make it better for either of you. You know right. what I mean? So so going off of that, and of course, uh, Dante, you can talk about this. Um, let me just read the uh, different types of love, right? So it said there's eight different types of love according to the ancient Greeks. There's one agape love, unconditional love. This is normally associated with when we talk about God or higher spirit. There's this unconditional love. Um, that as like a Christian I talk about and a lot of different people talk about, right? So agape love, um, there's eros, romantic love, like you were talking about, um, lust more so and sex and physicality. Um, and then there's affectionate love, um, philia, like brother, Phil- brother Philadelphia, Philadelphia, uh, the city of brotherly love, philia, okay. And then there's philiautia, self-love, right? And then there's storge, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, familiar love, okay? Um, storage can be defined as familiar love, although that's a strange term. Um, it says this type of love looks and feels a lot like philia, affectionate love felt between friends. However, this love is more like a parent-child love. Um, then it says pragma, uh, enduring love. Uh, the ancient Greeks define uh, define pragma as enduring love. In other words, it's also the opposite of eros, sexual love. So it's not sexual love. It's the opposite of that. So enduring love is the opposite. So uh, not agape, um, not romantic, but enduring like over time. Like I will constantly come back to you and be really, really those involved ones, with those you. Those ones are always are like the ones that you're caught up on where like the relationship's good and it was good then and it went bad, but you're caught and, up on the good and, times. And then you're stuck in that, right? So and then a cycle. Yeah, so and then there's Ludus. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. Which is uh, playful cycle love. love. Right, uh, Ludus is known as the playful love. Um, um, like, like when you guys have different relationships with different people, it's very playful and we can vibe and go back and forth. And there's mania. Mania, as you know, is obsessive, obsessive love, right? I just can't get away from this person. But the thing is, each love is bestowed upon someone by what they've had or what they are searching for. So like you have people that have been loved, but then you have people that have certain daddy issues where like, maybe that is the mania because you're looking for that affection of a man that's older than you or that can take care of you. And that's from your relationship that you already have. So based on what you know love is, and what you want are two different things. And I think that that is like something that people are constantly caught up over because you may want something, but think about how many people that had to live in a life where like they being gay wasn't allowed. Like there was right, even right, stuff in the right, White House absolutely. where they were like, no, he's not gay, but he just sleeps with men. Like 
You know what I mean? How it, it's come? just it's just something you do. It's not acknowledging the exactly. actual feelings of or the different like we just talked about the different types of love surrounding that. A hundred percent. It's just yeah, and whatever. I would equally say as much as I am like bipolar, I'm a little bit narcissistic where I'm like. I do like walk out and I'm like, damn, like you're the best looking nigga in this room. Like you look really good right now. And I'm like feeling myself, but I don't know if that's inside of me. And that's like my self-fulfillment prophecy. Like I want to go do big things. And if I go and do those big things, is it because I said that I could do it or because I felt like it was there for me to go and take, you know what I mean? Mm, you don't, so it's you don't, you don't know if, if that's that, if that's that self-love, if that's that like, wow, like I'm going to push myself up there and I don't want it to mean like, I'm doing things that I shouldn't be to get to where I have to get. But like, because I feel like I'm entitled to those things, like Elon Musk, let's say mm-hmm. he has so much financial backing and he's so smart that is he, ag- if, is he above the law? Like if he wants to open that up, like his company up, is he saying, okay, like I get everyone else has to follow the rules, but I'm not going to follow these rules. Like I'm above the law. Like what makes him say he can be able to do that if he's living in this realm? You know what I mean? With everybody else. Well, money talks. Money does talk. So now are you telling me, okay, well, financial security is my only way of freedom. So if I have money, I can do whatever I want. Like, can I go kill someone and get away with it? We and, see people disappear in this the society, all the time. In this society, absolutely. A hundred percent. So now I'm kind of like, okay, maybe I just want to be rich and take care of all the people close to me. Mm. And by doing that, I can show them that I love them. And that's like a different form of love, you know? Yeah. Shout out to uh, Jonathan Lewis, the, f- the five love languages, uh, words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality of time, and physical touch. We talk about that a lot. Um, just a little shout out. Um, but yeah, Dante, what's your take on that, um, on the different types of love? Um, is there any one of these types of love that you specifically try to connect with or that you focus on within relationships? I'm talking about the, uh, four apocalyptic, uh, loves and stuff like that. Um, I could repeat anything you're talking, uh, you want me to? Love is good. People gotta stop being so scared. Yeah. It's just like, it's cool. <laughs> like yeah, I don't know what else out, to say about shout that. Shout out Jonathan like, Lewis. Yeah, I see can, you on the Instagram live. Can, that shit can hurt mad bad, but like, like I don't know. I feel like there's certain things in life that it's like it's so worth like the risk to do them. Like there's very little things I feel like that do it like make us human still. But like love is like it's like it's just. It's just an overwhelming feeling that's I'm gonna so... fuck you up right now. Are you ready? Yeah. What about people that are like pedophiles that love children? And that, that's sad. That is overwhelming. And it's really Dude, sad. But is that, that is a like love an actual mental illness. But yeah. it's treated illness. like it's a criminal. And like, it because be. it morally it is like something you can never think of, which is like horrible. If something ever happens to someone that you care about or you hear something, you're like, that is absolutely horrible. But that's someone that actually has a mental illness, like bipolar disorder. Like... They used to say that being gay or being transsexual, those are like disorders. Like there's something completely wrong with you. They moved gay being out of it, but they kept transgender in it because they're like, there's something physically wrong with you yeah. if you want to change. And it's like, we look at things for such short solutions. Like we want you to change right away. Like don't do that anymore. Negative well, reinforcement. What's ho- yeah, what's horrible about that is like, one, it's a horrible, disgusting act. Like it, the, the act of it is so it's disgusting heinous. that it's, it's like, heinous. when you think about it, it's like, this person needs a negative, like, like, reprimandation for what he just did. And it, but it, at the same time, it's like, that person probably did that act, most likely. I mean, I, ha- I, I don't know if I've ever met any of them or if I 
not because you I hope they got it. have because it's regular people that you meet on. Yeah, yeah. but it's like at the same time, what happened to them in their life it's exactly for that. that to happen? Because exactly like that. you can't just go about living a fantastic life and like have that thought in your mind like this is not a normal thought. Like no normal human being thinks that way. And it's like instead of it being like treated as something you go to jail for, like it, it should be treated as a psychological issue. And like that's the only way it will get fixed. Like, you and, you, and you're talking about sexual predators. Yeah. Okay. It's like, you need to, like, figure out a way, like... Because people, people, there'll be adults that have children that they love, but they're imported from wherever, and they're sex slaves, and they bought them, and they take pictures Whoa. of them and all that crazy stuff. But they love them. Deep down, that is, like, someone that they actually love, and they want to care for. And they're hurting the other kid in so many different ways, but because they love them, they can't see that. And that's why I think love is weakness because even if there are immediate Whoa. issues, going back to the different types of love, that uh, that mania, that obsessive love, a hundred percent, and because their love in every single area will make you blind to a certain extent where oh, you can't see yes. the outside because you're not stepped outside. But from someone who doesn't isn't attracted to children, I can say, yeah, well, like wow. I mean, most people. Let's I just mean, clarify yes, that. Like, <laughs> like, I look at like these people and I'm like. It must be so horrible because I know, like, even if you're a gay closeted person, it's so horrible to not be able to be yourself and not be able yeah, to be accepted live by society. Who you are. And if you have no control over that, how can I actually hate someone that has no control? It's like something like race because it either happened to them or it's something we that they can't feeling judge you on not something you can't control. What do you think the best thing okay. is to do? Like, how do you think like we deal with this as a society? Because like when you think about it, it's like when people hear about this, it's like. The first thing that comes to your mind is like, oh, that person like should go to jail. Like that yeah, person no, needs to die. Like it's like, and, like but it's like, people. so that's not how you're so not then solving. Do you think there should be like a therapeutic approach to it in terms of like, all right, let me like rewire your brain. I think that like, just putting you in jail is that what you're saying? Or I, you're I, you can't me? go to jail. I don't. I, jail is not the right option. But then like to be like, oh well, this person just needs therapy is also not the right option. Like th- that's not gonna like. Well, so, 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 so you're saying that they the, should be penalized for what they do. As as well as having some sort of like rehabilitation in terms of therapeutic. So there's honest, be maybe because I'm a person well, that, that's also, not hold on, hold on. I, because I'm not a person that's into this. I wouldn't know. But like, is there places you could go to talk to if you have like yes, interested yeah, children? There are. There are. There's a whole okay. yeah. The thing is, there are not just one type of people that are into children. There are people that are into children that do act on those urges and there are people that don't act on those well, urges and they still have them. Exactly. And so, there's different things. There's like deviant thoughts, right? Devi- like like we all have deviant thoughts. Yeah. Thoughts that aren't like quote unquote normal that we're like, they come into our brain and we're like, oh wait, wait, that's not normal. And But we being quote unquote normal people, we shoot them out like that's not right and then we continue our lives. But then there's the percent that Act on those thoughts, yeah, and, they and, kidnap the kids, th- and those are the people who kidnap kids or sexually abuse kids or watch child porn and stuff like that. And um, there are people who like work with these, like um, I don't want to put you know some other people out there, but there are people who work with um, uh, people who abuse children, and that's a whole different realm in itself. Because yeah, it it's like is. how it absolutely is. because because it's like because you're not doing it, but you're plugging it. Which makes you just as guilty. No, 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 no. I mean on the th- I mean on the therapeutic side. Oh, oh, oh. So oh, it's oh, like oh. so 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 even that's a little weirder part. It's like how do we empathize with these people who are hurting children? Mm. Yeah. Ooh. How do we and empathize? Not simple. How do we empathize? How do we feel their pain? People don't want 
It's something that people, it's negative. People don't want to associate with it. They don't want to understand it. They don't want to know about it. Yeah, and because it's just like it's, a lot of other of, things. It's one of those topics that's Even, like, oh, if it's not in my face, I don't want to think about it. And that's what I was talking about with Dante yesterday when he was like, dude, if people had special, um, if they had special illnesses, 30 years ago, they didn't necessarily know what those illnesses were, nor were they able to fully diagnose them or give them accurate data to help correct anything. Because people weren't concerned about that. Now, everyone wants to have that better life. The technology is at the highest it's been in a long time, and there are ways that we can correct that. So if you can correct someone from having polio or having some sort of disease that maybe makes them walk or whatever it is, why can't you use that same exact thing to correct their sexual thought patterns? Because you know yeah. what the yeah. sex is. You know what I mean? So it's like, yes, you correct certain things, but that's going to like also destroy like the structure in which we've built our society on too you know like if you don't have people going to jail for those things if you don't have people getting money and putting money certain places, like I don't know like it's just kind of crazy thank you for having me Jay I really appreciate it <laughs> yo it's honestly just been such a pleasure and I'll honestly quake your brain any day girth out that's it. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. First episode. Yeah, that shut the fun. fuck up, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Let's Yo, go. I had a great time. I want to yeah, do this yeah, again. <laughs> yeah, no, I want to do this again. Thank you guys. Um. Wow. Wow. If you stuck around, if you sped up, I don't know. A lot of different stuff going on. Um, as I said, again, this is uh, the last of the series of those first two episodes. Um, thank you guys for sticking with me. Uh, a lot more content to come. Uh, he said, I'll girthquake your brain. I don't even know what that means. I don't want to repeat that out loud. God, please forgive me. Um, uh, listen, dudes are nuts. Super, super unique dudes. Interesting conversations. Um, wow.